Yeah. There we go. All right. And we are live. Welcome, everybody. Uh, welcome to Show Me the Money Club. This is the small market of Uber and Lyft when it comes to driving, drivers, and what's going on out there. I am Chris. Sergio is my cohort here. And we just want to say thank you to Jeff from Myrtle Beach, Levi from Syracuse, Dolphus from San Diego, Tim from Portland, Tony uh, from Denver, also known as Driver Dad or Driven Dad, uh, Sean from Philly. Thank you, everybody, for coming on, hanging out, uh, sharing everything that's going on. Uh, so we have a bunch of different topics that we're going to go through today when it comes to driving, uh, kind of what you're doing in your markets, all that good stuff. Uh, so thank you for coming on. Thank you for... Uh, uh, participating in this uh, driver discussion. And uh, yeah, all right, we'll get right, right into well, it. Again, uh, everybody, thank you. Uh, we'll just go the way we are on the screen, which I'm not sure. Where, okay, so we'll go with Tim. Uh, so you got a couple of minutes to introduce yourself, you know, what platforms you drive for, how, how, what you see in your market at the moment, and go for it. It's yours. Sergio from high atop the bottom of the Willamette Valley in Portland, Oregon, and weighing in at a spry 245 pounds and just over 12,500 rides. My name is Tim Carter. I've been a full-time uh, driver throughout the pandemic in the social upheaval here in Portland, Oregon, and live to survive. Oh, yeah. um, I'm currently part-time with the W-2. Uh, other than that, we got traffic and weather together on the nines. If you're the 25th caller, you can win the keys to the power Porsche. So turn it up, rip the knob off right here on the ride share guy. Thanks for the intro. Wow! All right, okay. Well, you, 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 and Roxy from last week. That's it. From now on, that's all we got. Okay. <laughs> uh, Levi, Levi, go ahead. Unmute yourself. I muted myself while I wrote intro. I am uh, Levi from Syracuse, New York. I'm um, enjoying a slow, non-snowy summer. Uh, no students in town. I drive a uh, Prius. I've done about. 3,500 rides and uh, yeah, enjoying the Syracuse slow summer. It's a lot of golf. Oh, a lot of golf, huh? Yeah. Well, uh, I know about your uh, blog, uh, Tip You in the App. So can, let's talk about that for 30 seconds because I think it's absolutely amazing. I mean, I read all of them, all the articles. <laughs> I invite everybody to go to the blog and read it. Seriously, it's wonderfully yeah. done. So we've all gotten that false promise, right? Hey, if you pull over, let me get some cigarettes or whatever, I'll tip you in the app. And they never yeah. tip, right? You know they're not going to tip. It's the biggest tell. So I just thought I'd create a, a little blog and some videos about uh, weighing in on that. And instead of tips on how to be a better driver, uh, what I really wanted to do was just kind of build a, a camaraderie and a spirit of like, hey, this is a good gig and I like it. Absolutely amazing. I mean, you know, I, I, that's why we're here for. So, uh, Jeff, can you hear us? Are you back? I am back. Okay. So touch the screen and I was gone. Yeah, well, tech support to the rescue. Wife, where is the wife? So, <laughs> so go ahead. You're up. I'm Jeff Honig. I live in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. <laughs> My wife and I uh, moved from New Jersey four and a half years ago, and immediately rideshare was very important in our life. Uh, my wife started driving first. I followed. I was doing this on uh, Saturday and Sunday. I was a full-time IC courier Monday through Friday. And the rideshare experience has been just terrific for us. It's uh, really been uh, um, a, a plus in our life in a lot of different ways. Um, I did a thousand rides for Lyft in two years. Uh, they sent me a nice jacket. And then a month or so later, they uh, said that my vehicle was 
no longer um, uh, uh, no longer viable. And uh, so uh, they made a mistake, but uh, at least I got a jacket, so I made it out better than they did. How, how uh, many rides I, you got on Uber? Uh, Seventy five hundred Uber rides uh, just go. on the weekend. Um, a year ago, I decided to semi retire. I realized that if I um, just worked uh, three days a week, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and worked all day like I had been doing on the weekend, I would make as much money just about that I was making seven days a week. So I'm semi-retired. Uh, when I drive, I drive the full 12 hours, and I pick up everyone. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I enjoy it, and uh, so do my riders. And uh, just to give you an idea of the two different markets I drive in, I drive down to Charleston, which is 70 miles south of where we live. The rate in Myrtle Beach is a lot higher than Charleston. Uh, so that's different, and it's a much different area. Uh, so um, right now, most drivers are saying that it's slow, but uh, I really haven't experienced that in, in what I do. And I, I'm a numbers guy, so I have a lot of numbers uh, that I keep track of. Good, great. Um, all right, Adolphus, Mr. 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 Suit and Tie and Hat. How are you, sir? I'm going to start calling you, sir, because Hello, every sir. time I talk to him, he, you see, he calls me sir every time. I'm like, I don't know why, but all right. <laughs> all right, welcome. Well, well, just first off, for you and uh, Mr. Chris, I really appreciate the, uh, the forum yeah. that you set up and to give feedback so that uh, maybe these knuckleheads will, I'm talking about the CEO of Lyft and Uber, will start paying attention to what the drivers are telling them because they're missing a whole bunch of money. But anyway, I'm a former Marine Master Sergeant retired. That's my real niche market. That's why I got into this business in the first place is because there's a real problem on base where you know, these guys don't have a way to get around. So they have this bus on the base that basically will take you everywhere you don't want to go charge you 10 bucks and it'll take up your whole day or the other alternative basically is a taxi. So I said, what I'm going to do is go set this business up so that uh, I can take care of those guys. So I go over there almost on a daily basis and that's my main market. So I know you asked me if I work downtown and do all of that. I don't do any of that stuff much until everybody got cooties. Once everybody had cooties, I had to switch my game up a little bit, but I've been driving for uh, Uber a little over six and a half years got about 3,000 rides. I started with them, and uh, then uh, for some reason, everything cut out, but I still drive with Lyft, and I've done about 7,000 miles with Lyft. Cool. Well, all right. Well, that's, that's wonderful. So you, fig you figured out a side gig of a side gig there. See, that's his entrepreneur right there. Um, yeah. Sean, you're up, buddy. Hi, Sean. I um I drive only for Lyft right now. Uh, I used to drive primarily for Uber for, for three years. I, I used to be registered to Philly. Now I'm registered to Lehigh Valley. I pretty much cover the entire southeast of uh, corner of PA. Have about 8,000-ish rides. That's about it. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought you were going to Gordon say Sweet. <laughs> um, no, no. Okay, nobody, nobody matched Tim so far. So, given that, I have high hopes for you. Not last, but not least. <laughs> well, I'm Tony, also known here on YouTube as the Driven Dad, and I drive a Tesla Model Y to make a living. So I drive Uber, Lyft, and then 
a lot of the delivery platforms as well, but that's not what this is about. So I'll leave that to the side. And um, I've been driving for five and a half years. I've done almost 10,000 trips between Uber and Lyft, mostly on Uber. But since I got the Model Y, uh, my Lyft ride count has um, definitely increased because I mainly stick to Uber Comfort, Lyft Lux, and Lyft Lux Black as much as possible. After you do those, it's hard to want to go and do the uh, lower base pays, not necessarily lower class stuff. It's just they don't pay as much, so it's hard to want to do that. Yeah, one lift Lux is like six uh, Uber X's. <laughs> right. Like I'll take one, one Lyft Lux, yeah. I'll take one black per hour versus like six Ubers yep. any day. Yep. But yeah, um, yep. my wife and I, we vlog on the channel and um, we have five kids. So that's what got me into the gig work oh. in the first place. <laughs> Wow! See, there's a there's a hardworking man right there. Any 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 possible way, uh, <laughs> but but uh, you're too young to have five kids, bro. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Appreciate that. Uh, I'll be forty uh, no, no, in no, October. No. So uh, okay. Uh, so just like Levi, uh, Tony has a wonderful YouTube channel that he started. So I urge everyone to go watch it. It's very inspirational. So congrats! I just subscribed to you. So Chris, start it all up. Let's go. You're in charge today, bro. I'm just going to sit here. <laughs> All right. So, yes, uh, able to speak a lot, lot better this week around. So uh, welcome, everybody. Thanks for sharing that. All right. So first off, uh, what do you like about driving for Uber and Lyft? And we're going to go in the same order uh, for everybody. So it's going to go Tim, Levi, Jeff, Dolphus, Tony, and uh, I'm sorry, Sean, and then Tony. Uh, so then, uh, yeah. So first off, uh, Tim. You want to answer that? What do you like about driving for Uber Lyft? It keeps you in the know. So I'm a guy that's approaching the age of 50. And so, you know, the passengers sort of become an inadvertent travel guide. So I always know, you know, the the dopest restaurants, the hippest places. Um, so, you know, when I escort a young lady out on the town, uh, then I know, you know, the best places to go. Um, new venues, new restaurants. The other thing that I like is the payment flexibility. So one thing that I discovered... Uh, was a big asset when I was applying for my W-2 positions was that Uber and Lyft helped me navigate that awkward like three to five week space where you're waiting for your first pay cycle to materialize into your first full paycheck. So it helped me uh, navigate that situation. So those would be my two favorite things. Yeah. So it's like a a little stopgap for you, right? Go for, you know, uh, I mean, do you, you know, with your ride count, it looks like you are almost full-time driver. I mean, you're not like a super part-time. I was for a long time, uh, but yeah, now I'm part-time with the W-2. Okay. Awesome. That's the best way to do it, Levi. Yeah. For me, obviously the money is why I do it, but it was really the stories and the people that I met. Um, you know, in Syracuse, you primarily are an alternative to the bus because we don't have a mass transit system. So you just get to meet everybody going to and from work. <laughs> and that's what I do. I take people yeah, to yeah. and from work all the time. And I'm surprised at just uh, how many uh, amazing people and amazing stories that I hear just about every day. It's almost like um, uh, the best part of a blind date to some extent, right? Because you don't know who you're picking up and they don't know you. So everybody gives you their best story when they first get in the car. And I really like that. Yeah, there's no second date with Uber and Lyft. Let me tell you that. <laughs> the algorithm will not match you with the same. Really? No, I, if you're not tight, really? No, I, I yeah, I take people. I take the same people probably every week. 
Really? Yeah, I do. I have I, never, I get, I've, I, I've never had the same message. Welcome twice, to small markets. <laughs> yeah, welcome to small no, markets. I'm going to yeah. learn a lot today. Yeah, Jeff, yeah. how about you? Do you drive the same people all the time or what? <laughs> uh, some of the times. Some of the time. Really? Uh, not as much as that, but um, I, um, I'm going to talk about exactly what you were talking about, Levi, because it's easy to say the flexibility and the part-time income is great, but I think in general is that with rideshare, you can take Uber or Lyft or both, and you can inject it into your life and make it work how you want, what you want out of it. There are hundreds of ways of, of, of being an Uber or Lyft driver, and there's no right or wrong, but sometimes it just fits who you are. Um, the best part for me personally is the riders. Uh, I've had amazing people, just like you just said, uh, inspirational, funny, interesting, successful, you name it. And it's, it is so much fun. I look forward every day on who's going to get my car. Uh, four and a half years ago, I started writing a blog called Becoming a Southerner. And for me, the best part of that blog now every month is the end of the month, I, I put down my favorite comments each month uh, of people in my car because I keep track of it every ride. And I run another blog about three to six rides that I have of people I meet. And uh, that is really the basis of uh, why I'm um, in the process of writing a book which has a working title of uh, Driving on the Sunny Side with uh, 10,000 Strangers. And that book is really celebrating the, the lives of my riders. One last thing is three years ago, my last, at the end of my first uh, year, I wanted to give a gift to some of my riders because they've been so amazing and also generous too. So I decided that I already had a list every month of my favorite comments. I'd make a yearly list of my top comments of the year and print it out and give it out to certain people. And when you tell a writer that you're giving them a gift, they start to laugh and they really enjoy it. It is so much fun giving it to people. I've said it was a birthday gift, an anniversary gift, um, a, uh, uh, an engagement gift, you name it. It doesn't matter, but they enjoy so, it. And I love yes. giving it to them. So, so is the what you don't like about it part is going to be as long as what you like about it or what's going to be? It's not perfect. It's not perfect, it's not perfect but no, it is really, not. really good. I agree. Right. Uh, okay, so Adolphus, you're, you're up. Yes, sir. Like I said before, I got into this business originally because, um, you know, guys were telling me that, you know, I didn't have a way to get around the base. And so I said, well, if I'm going to set this thing up, what I want to do is set it up sort of like a business class uh, experience just above the uh, regular lift rods. So I wanted to go on base. So I go on base pretty much every day. And that's my main business. And then once everybody had cooties, of course, then I had to switch my game plan up. But uh, you can make a lot of money in this off base but you can make a lot of money on base because Lyft was very responsive because I made a suggestion to both of them. I told Lyft and Uber, hey, why don't you come up with a base mode so that, you know, you can take care of all these people on the base. And Lyft actually did it. And so they came out with this lightning uh, bolt, <laughs> lightning program or something. But anyway, it was like giving the Marines a way to take a cheap ride, but then the driver could get on base 
And then they would bonus you up for those rides. So I was getting bonused up, you know, 15, 20, 25 dollars, depending upon what day it was. So these guys didn't have to pay that much money. And then I was making it kill it because I would turn up on off and run back through the gate. And I mean, I couldn't stay over there fast enough. So I wanted to be over there anyway. And, uh, you know, so once they start incentivizing me to do that, that's what I made my niche market. So, but, but that, I bet you that doesn't exist anymore now. I guarantee it. Uh, it does not exist anymore. And that's what I don't like about Lyft and Uber. So now I give these guys my number and I tell them, hey, well, just call me on a regular ride, a shared ride or whatever. And I'll be right there. Uh, you know, only guy is going to get on base anyway. But now if you get some of those zone bonuses. It's 50 bucks. Yeah. But why do you think they stopped that? They stopped it because they don't know what they're doing. Oh, <laughs> it's nothing. They're, they're missing a lot of money. They, they <laughs> don't know what they're doing. That, that's... Yeah, but, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll hit the juicy stuff in a minute. So how about you, Sean? What do you like about Uber and Lyft? Just like, uh, kind of, like. I mean, I like what everyone else said. I mean, basically uh, everything like, like was, was pretty good. Um, I say primarily for me is I like providing a service to the community. That's like like I, I first got into this uh, as kind of like a social experiment and being an introvert and just not being very sociable with that, like getting out there and getting out of my comfort zone, meeting new people, hearing different opinions outside my social circle and stuff like that um, was pretty uh, awakening. And I, I was a machinist for 22 years, so I, I basically was just in manufacturing my whole life and sit there and go into uh, complete opposite, providing a service, sitting there and um, being able to like the, – the, the very interesting thing about this to me is every driver has their own kind of uh, like secret sauce uh, to make it what they want. Uh, I – before the pandemic, I I fell in love with this uh, this guy called the Simple Driver. He's from Calvin, Calvin Hill. Um, he he really pushed the marketing in in Atlanta, and it kind of got me to uh, further push my limits. Like I would go into the bar, like if, if I sat there and frequently drove into a city, I would like I would go into the bars, have a drink. I mean, not of course I wouldn't, nothing alcoholic or something like that. But I mean, I'd sit there, I'd get my name out, press the flesh, sit there, I'd introduce myself, uh, meet the bouncers, meet the, uh, um, <laughs> I'd, I'd go to all the strip clubs. You know, I'd sit there, I'd meet uh, is, bouncers. Is, you I'd, 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 is, is your wife listening to this, bro? <laughs> oh, I'm not married. No, after this, there will be no wife. <laughs> well, I mean, I have a very like. Um, a very unique situation. The fact that uh, I'm, a, I'm a minimalist, I don't have uh, any, any kind of uh, social constraints, but that, so I'm able to get away with a lot in doing this. All right. So, uh, so that, able... I, I, now I know, now I know why you, why you like uh, Uber and Lyft. Okay. I got you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So, Tony, Tony, how about you? Uh, five years is a long time. Five kids, Uber and Lyft probably fits your schedule, you know, right? The flexibility, the freedom, all that good stuff. Yeah, so I started off doing Uber part-time. Um, that's what got me into it because I was in a salaried position. Only way to earn extra money when they steal your bonus away from you from corporate America is to go and get a side gig. So uh, 
the flexibility of Uber was phenomenal and the pay was really well. Um, and then uh, I decided to go full time, got a call from another company to come work for them. So then I went back part time. And in the last three years, I've been full time again. Um, but basically, yeah, well, full time gig economy, but mainly right here. Cool. Um, so um, would I would I be wrong to say that everybody likes the freedom and flexibility of the gig, right? I mean, yeah, pretty that, much. Is that it? Without, oh, okay. Yes. All right. So what's up next? Chris? Yes. And the pay. Uh, yeah, yes, well, because you, you created a base mode, bro. You know, when was the last time Liv listened to me? Never. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, next one. <laughs> I don't know. I don't listen. What's All, on right, the agenda so, now, Chris? All right. All right. So now being in smaller markets, uh, obviously it's a lot different than Sergio. If you've been listening to Sergio talking uh, about LA and Sorry. what it's like driving in LA. Um, so one of the big things is, uh, you know, I drive in Buffalo, so that is a smaller market as well, too. Um, so you kind of come up with different strategies than, you know, the big cities. Uh, so what are a couple of things that you do in your particular market to try to help uh, with, you know, just offsetting, you know, just being a smaller market, uh, maybe less people, population density. So maybe you got to drive a little bit more. Um, what are a couple of things that you've been doing in your own particular market that is helping you to help maximize your earnings? Am I starting? Yep, yes, Tim, sir. if you want to go. I don't know that I really ever had to. Um, I'm, I'm very fortunate in that, I mean, this, I don't know if it's just the, the nature of being in a progressive city or whatever, but um, other than the time right before the pandemic when, you know, everybody was taking time out to kind of figure out what the virus was, I've never really had... Um, even so much as a season where rides weren't robust enough to facilitate like even like a full-time uh the only thing i guess a better question would be what do i not do and i guess you know there are there are areas like we're we have a very disadvantageous airport the airport puts me my airport puts me in a dangerous uh, geographical location it also puts me on the border of washington in uh, right across from Vancouver and Vancouver is just nothing but major four-way intersection after major four-way intersection. So the, the easiest way for me to answer that is just to learn the areas that uh, slow down my hourly average, uh, which I, which was easy for me uh, to, to figure out. Other than that, I really don't have that big of a problem maintaining a consistent flow of income. All right. Awesome. Eva. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, for for smaller markets, uh, I'm in a college town. Syracuse University has 14,000 students when they come into town and they take our market through the roof um, because nothing is close to the university, but all everything is, is close enough for them to catch up like a $15 Uber. So we can do like six rides in an hour when the students are back in town and you just go back and forth, back and forth to small little locations. Um, things that we don't do, like I've never, I mean, I've probably done, I don't know, one airport ride a week, maybe a couple, maybe a couple of weeks. So there's just really no airport runs at all for us. Um, I'm typically just picking up somebody there. Um, the other things that I, I don't get that I think a larger market that I can see is I don't really get a chance to like ever turn the app off. I mean, I'm getting rides all the time. It's like I, as soon as I turn the app on, it goes ding, 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 and it's nonstop. So the idea of like chasing a surge doesn't make sense to me because 
I don't ever see them. I'm, I'm always just getting rides stacked on top of them. So it's just, it's just constant work. Mm-hmm. Do you, uh, Tim and Levi, since you've already answered the questions, I mean, in my market, I'm seeing a massive, massive oversaturation at the moment. Um, pretty much, I wrote an article actually today with, uh, on the blog side. Um, literally, the, there are eight, ten drivers from each platform on each corner, street corner of L.A., which was pretty much the same picture in late 2018 and 2019. Are you seeing that? I mean, are you seeing a slowdown in requests or uh, basically you're sharing the pie with many, many more drivers than it used to be? We got to I'm still, especially at the airport, I'm still seeing really high demand for drivers. The, you know, um, I'm trying to think. Overall, I would say there's about, I would, overall, I would say there's still a demand for drivers. I would still, there's, you know, there's a supply shortage. Okay. How about you, Levi? I see all the Ubers out and about in, in the city. Um, but like I say, my demand is as soon as I drop off someone and I pick up the next ride, it already schedules my next ride for me. So it's like, just cool. I, I, as long as I just keep accepting rides, um, right. I'm never, I'm never deadheading it, just driving around waiting for somebody. And the other thing too, just to quickly piggyback yeah. on what mm-hmm. Levi just said, working in a smaller market also means, um, you, you, in, you don't have as much deadhead facing you so even if i'm going all the way across town it's not as intimidating as i can imagine you know what a major market would go through yeah okay uh how about you jeff do you see uh such oversaturation i mean and also you know you're in a smallish kind of market let's say and uh... well i can honestly say i haven't really seen it it's it's a very common thing for drivers to always say there's too many drivers there's too many drivers and, and in some cases, especially in Myrtle Beach, in the winter months, it's obviously there aren't enough riders. And, and in the winter months, uh, I do spend more time in Charleston, which is 70 miles uh, south. And it's a much larger area, many more people. And that makes a difference. But, you know, two other things that, that what I focus on is um, I learned something from one of my riders who uh, worked at Boeing. And he was explaining to me how he gets paid how his compensation works. It's very complicated. I said, well, how do you keep track of it? And he said, well, I look at the whole picture. He mm-hmm. focuses on the whole picture. And that's what I do. So there, how are different ways of, of making money? How do we get paid? Well, one thing is tips. I've kept track of my tips for, for three to four years. And I know exactly, for instance, 40% of the people who got in my car last year gave me a tip. Right now, I'm at 45%. I know by month when it goes up, when it goes down. I know what the average is. I know what to expect. And that helps me get more tips. The other thing is long-distance pickup fee. Uh, People people laugh at it and they say, oh, it's nothing. But you know what? I keep track of it because I know that Uber is paying me. After nine minutes, they're paying me to pick someone up. No one's in the so, car. I'm eating. I'm singing. And right. so you, so I, all, I mean, I we spoke two thousand dollars last year just on the long distance pickup fees. What kind of what kind of car do you drive again? Um, I have a um, I have a Ford um, uh, a Transit van, and it's a very unique uh, van. That it's my second one. Uh, it has a lot of room. It gets about twenty eight miles a gallon, but it has a lot of room for passengers and. I love it, and the passengers love okay. it too. So, so from what I'm hearing is that 
you accept every trip request that you get, long, short, distance, whatever, right? Yes. And that okay, okay. And then you you have you're not seeing a, a slowdown in demand. You're basically the same as it was last year. I I have my my numbers no? are are very much like they were a year ago right. when we had all kinds of records uh, right. here in uh, Myrtle Beach, and I, I just pick up people and. Um, okay. I, that's it. Uh, on the on the tip side, I mean, there's availability, right? I mean, there's no tips guaranteed. You know, I, I'm actually amazed. Your numbers are probably as high as I've ever seen it or heard it. Forty percent is like crazy high. Uh, usually, it runs about ten percent on average if you look at throughout the country. But obviously, you're doing something right to deserve it. All right, Adolphus, how about you? Any slowdown? Anything going on in your market that we we should know of? Uh, yes, sir. I mean, things slowed down, but I never did. So I drove the entire time and everybody's sitting at home collecting unemployment. But the key for me is to do the stuff that other people don't want to do. So I do the okay. morning super early zero four to the airport runs and that slowed down a little bit. But uh, I also have to turn my request off because the lift will start stacking people in my queue. And I don't like that because the customer, you know, may change their mind or add a stop or whatever. But anyway, okay. the key ingredient is to set up with the right vehicle. I've got a 2018 off-lease hybrid that I paid 2000 bucks down and 466 a month. So when you get, you know, this kind of setup and, and when I get the Marines that are calling me to Oceanside, well, if I get a call on base, that's one deal. But if I get a call off base to the airport in any direction, it's going to be 80 to 100 bucks that I'm going to get. Okay. So that's why I got the whole base set up. And then I got the whole tracking system, like Jeff said, where you want to. Um, I, I have four years tracking on my uh, wall in the uh, kitchen. And so I know when the times are when I had an L.A. run or when I had. You know, whatever. Now, that might be different, but when you start looking at the trends, you know, it's still, I know that soon as 4th of July, week hits all the way up until New Year's, that's when our market really takes off. I mean, it goes bananas. And that's kind of how it is today where I wasn't planning on working. But uh, okay. Comic-Con is here. I was coming down here for, for you guys to be on the live show. But uh, now that Comic-Con is here, you can make a killing and not take because people gonna, don't want to go far. They want to go two miles. And then once yeah, Lyft gonna, and Uber start stacking those bonuses and zone pay and all that other stuff, it's a very lucrative business, especially when you get the calls on the bends because somebody is going to want me to run them to L.A. And I don't really like going to L.A., but if somebody's got 300 bucks, I don't mind it so much <laughs> because that's what the fare is, you know, going over there. The deal is I got to come back home. But when oh, I get an L.A. Me, run, I'm done for the day. 300 give, bucks. Give, give me a call when you're here. So we'll, we'll I'll buy you lunch. Or yes, dinner. sir. Uh, all right, right, Sean, you're up. Um, what do you see in your market? Is there a slowdown? And what are you specific things that you work on like all these other guys are doing? Because in their markets... It seems like demand is there. They don't have to do anything special. They're just going to pick everybody up and take them to where they're going. So um, because of the fact I no longer drive, I, I drove primarily for Uber for most of my uh, rideshare career, uh, mm -hmm. air quotes. Um, now driving exclusively for Lyft, I've kind of had to recalibrate a lot. The one thing I have noticed, um, so I live about 
50 miles northwest of Philly, about 20 miles southeast of Allentown. So I'm kind of like in this weird area where uh, I don't when people ask me where I drive, I, I say Southeast PA because like you, you draw a 300 mile radius around where I live. That's my coverage area. I go anywhere. Anyone takes me. Um, the one thing that I have changed since gas prices have increased, uh, I find driving in the city to be too inefficient. You're sitting there driving. You're like, I mean, I don't have a EV or a hybrid. Uh, I, I drive a Kia Sportage. Mm-hmm. And um, for the most part, like when I'm in Allentown or I'm in Philly, put that and I'm grinding it, it, it I'm, I'm lucky to get 17, 18 miles to the gallon. Whereas if I sit there and I and I and I hit the uh, outskirts, I hit all the suburbs, but that um, I'm generally getting anywhere between 27 and 36 miles to the gallon, depending on how uh, lengthy the rides are. Also, because the fact that I do cherry pick when I do see the uh, trip duration. So uh, I tend to like when I get above 90% and I get to see that I start cherry picking until I get below that. And then I don't. So I don't have the luxury of uh, filtering anything out at that point. Another, so being out in the suburbs, I'm pretty much almost guaranteeing myself like, a, a 10 minute ride every time that I drive. Whereas if I'm in the city, I may get that 10, 15 minutes in between each pickup and be busy all night. But right. people tend to not want to walk around in the city. Like they, they don't like, so most of my rides would be like two or three blocks down the road. It's not okay. really. Uh, Tony, so. How about you, Tony? Um, anything changed uh, over the last year with the slowing economy, inflation, do you see a slowdown, especially on your higher end, since you're doing, doing uh, lift locks and lift uh, black? Yeah, um, there has been a little bit of a slowdown on that, but I think that's mainly because it's summer. Um, yeah. Not that I believe totally in this summer slowdown, but uh, a lot of the people that are going out for dates and stuff, they're probably out of town. Um, right. But as far as the change I've noticed is, I don't think that demand has decreased or that we've increased drivers so much mm-hmm. other than like Uber and Lyft stopped putting so much surge out there and mm-hmm. they have cut the bonuses by like a third. So where I was getting $500 quests on Uber, now I'm getting like 150 and I'm not going to do 90 trips for $150. I'll yep. just do luxury mode and uh, make the same without busting my tail yeah um, but yeah i don't think it's slower I mean, here it's just they pay less now. okay so i would say you know at the end of every little question we have you know let's have a consensus like you know we can raise hands or whatever so none of you are seeing a slowdown and not too many of you are seeing an oversaturated marketplace right right because i mean to me it's like I'm- la obviously be different than you guys but uh I'm, I'm my personal utilization rates down to 60%. So three months ago was 98%, meaning 98% of the hour I had a passenger or was going to a passenger in the car with a passenger. Um, now it's down to 60%. So it's either too many drivers splitting the pie with too many different drivers or less demand because LA 98 to 60 is a pretty big number. And that's matches my 2019 numbers, by the way. So 
I do think that what Tony, yeah. I do think that what Tony said does need to be emphasized though about the reduction in incentivizations. That's well, we're going to talk. Yeah, we're definitely going to talk about that. Yeah, substantially. Yeah, I mean, uh, same thing here. But they promised they're going to cut everything for the drivers after their last earnings uh, report, and they're following up on it. I mean, that's the way they can adjust their cost. So, you know, they cannot cut the rates anymore, I think, from 60 cents a mile in L.A. <laughs> I mean, come on now. Um, I think what they can do, they can, you know, the, the variability of, of obviously incentives is something they can play with. Um, so, Levi, you were saying something? No, no, I'm sorry. No, no? Okay. All right. Chris, yes, sir. No. Yes, sir. Um, uh, one thing I've, like, I've actually talked to uh, Uber and Lyft about the way they do their incentives. They, they explained to me that it goes by the revenue that the drivers in the area generate for Uber. So if right. everyone is having a bad week, mm -hmm. um, the next week they're going to uh, give a bad promo uh, ride promotion. It's, it's, it's going to be bad. So like in, in, my, in my market, January, February is pretty terrible. So I, I, I've seen I, I was seeing ride promotions do 40 rides during the week for like 20 bucks. Yeah, um, but I mean, but, you know, do you have to but but Sean, you have to look at the general trend like Tim, Levi, Tony, Jeff, Adolphus. If I asked them all, what was your quest like three months ago and what is it today? They will. I yeah. guarantee you they will all they will all say they're half or less. So the revenue for the driver has to come from somewhere because for me and for 95% of Uber drivers, incentives are about 30 to 40% of their revenue base. No, you know, no, because, I understand that. Yeah. But like what the point I'm trying to make is when like when I was driving for Uber last uh, holiday season, like the month of November, mm -hmm. I was getting promotions that were like 300 plus mm -hmm. because everyone was just making money hand over fist. Yeah, but in January, no one's making any money. Like everyone, all the colleges are out of session, so there's no college crowd. There's no this. There's no that. No one wants to spend any money because they're in the red, and because of that, there is no uh, the, the promotions are just terrible. I mean, I, I can't yeah. speak now if they cut them further, but but I mean, you have to believe one thing: Uber and not to a degree, to a certain degree, Lyft, but Uber is a data. Uh, built company. I mean, these people mm -hmm. pay more attention to data than anybody on the planet, more than Amazon, probably. So what they no, do I'm is, is you know, what they do is, I mean, they have 11 years of worth of data that they're constantly analyzing and learning from. And, you know, that's a lot of data that they collected with billions of billions of rides, but they have an asymmetric information advantage over you as a driver and over the passenger. And right. they are going to play that to their, to the best of the ability and, the, and, and, you know, when their CEO talks with cost variability, you're the cost. The driver is the cost. And they can do whatever the heck they want with that cost. So if they want to lower costs, they give you less incentives. Because I know from me that if they give me an incentive and I go out there and drive every ride over losing money, they're not in the business of losing money. So to me, right, right. You know, and, and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to disagree with you. I'm just report, no, reporting you to you what. I'm not. I'm just reporting to you what I've like when I've had conversations with Uber and Lyft support. Uh, and taking a grain of salt, but that's don't, what they told me. Don't yeah. believe a word of those people. Well, um, I mean, sorry, a word. Okay, so um, so let's you know, Chris. Let's move into the juicy one. So Tim, go ahead, Chris. Let's see what Tim says about this one. 
Which one? The uh, number two? The number two. Number two. All Everybody right. knows what it is. All right. Here we so, go. Tim, do you think that drivers are true independent mm-hmm. contractors or do you think there's something else? So, um, I guess it's important to disclose here that in my previous life, starting in 2004 and then also again in 2014, I was also uh, a licensed, licensed and bonded independent contractor in the state of Oregon in the field of window covering. So basically a subcontractor in a minor um, construction classification. So in Oregon, they have ongoing, they mandate ongoing education annually. And that education is predicated on keeping you aware of what an independent contractor is, what your rights are, and how to maintain and, and obtain your, your licenship. So when I entered the rideshare uh, workforce and was issued the independent contractor moniker, I was drastically taken aback by what little rights I had. So to cut this short, we're, in my opinion, we're absolutely not independent contractors. The passengers and the companies have a disproportionate amount of leverage over uh, our economic decisions and our overall well-being on the platforms. Um, and there needs to be another classification. The, the tough part about this is uh, the drivers need to have a robust enough influence in shaping that classification. And that's going to be the hard part because we can't rely on representatives, you know, that are maybe hearing our voice through pundancy, but we need actual advocates in the driver community that are shaping these new decisions. And um, to finish that up, the only way that I think that we're an independent contractor right now is that we're taking on all the liability and risk. And um, that needs a drastic uh, paradigm shift. Okay, so you're saying we're not independent contractors. How about you? Absolutely not. I I totally disagree with uh, Tim. Um, I do think we are independent contractors in the sense that I compare what I do now as an Uber driver compared to my previously executive salaried uh, desk job. You know, my previous job, <laughs> my employer paid all of my benefits. They paid my site, my, my FICO taxes, uh, everything or FICO taxes. And, and now I control everything. Now, granted, there are some <clears throat> odd things to way Uber and rideshare and work, but just comparing those two things, I think being a rideshare driver is much more as an independent contractor, as opposed to uh, working a nine to five job, uh, you know, sitting at a desk. Okay. Um, so if I were to um, give you my famous example, which I did last week as well, um, as an independent contractor, I'm sure you have friends, electricians, air conditioning, plumber, contractors, things like that. Obviously, they have to spend to make money, which is, you know, their tools and their cars, their vans, whatever. Not. However, as an independent contractor, they're able to name the price for the job. They know they can quote a price. And if the customer likes it, likes it. If the customer doesn't like it, they move on. As an independent contractor, in most cases, which I don't know if you're a diamond driver or not, they know what the job is before they get to the job site, as opposed to me going picking somebody up without knowing where the heck they're going. And the last one being is that, you know, as a true independent contractor, when you are in the dark, like you don't know where the passenger is going. And if I called one of them up and said, hey, buddy, I have a job for you. And they go, what is it? And then you go, no, I'm not going to tell you until you get here. They'll hang up on me. So to me, it's like, I think it's a fair comparison. Do you think it's a fair comparison, the one I brought up? Or do you think 
you being able to turn the app on whenever and wherever you want gives you enough independence for you to take care of your own needs of healthcare and benefits and things like that. I think, Do you think that's enough. It's absolutely a fair comparison because if I, if somebody said, well, I'm, you know, I'm on my way, let's use the lift switcheroo as an example. If somebody calls mm -hmm. me and I'm on my way to their house and we've agreed in contract to mm -hmm. something that I'm going to do and a fair price for it. And then they call me on the way over and say, there's some other cat that I don't need you anymore. Some other cat needs you across town. I don't know his name and I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. I can cancel that with emphasis on this without penalty. If I do that in the Uber and Lyft, I experience, as you did, Sergio, um, a good example was uh, about a month and a half ago, I had to cancel two to three rides because the Lyft platform was sending me into an area where two homicides had occurred 24 hours previous. So out of, um, out of concern for my own safety, I decided to cancel those two to three rides. As a result, they put me in a situation where I was at risk of suspension and I had to do 10 rides consecutively back to back and then also not cancel a ride in order to maintain my status on the platform. I don't see how that's in any way representative of independent contractorship. Yeah, you're talking about the cancellation rehab school that I went through. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Which, oh my God, what kind of independence is this? I just canceled because I followed your guidelines and that I'm not going to let a crackhead in my car, so let's move on. But she goes, no, you got to go to the school. So what do you say to all this, Levi? Do you think, do you, yeah, I mean, I'm not here. To, I'm not here to change your no, mind. No, saying, no, no. Just discussing I, it openly. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I understand from the pricing standpoint what you're getting at, but the price to me is is zero or whatever they're going to offer. So yeah, I do set the price. The offer is twenty dollars for this ride or ten dollars for this ride or whatever I might make. There's some hidden information, mm -hmm. but I work as an independent contractor for a lot of different industries right now. And mm -hmm. it's very similar in nature. When I produce videos for clients or whatever, sometimes the price mm -hmm. is kind of set up front, but then things change over time. And so, yeah, you're just talking about price in terms of, you know, whether I get to make that decision or not. And I still get to make that decision. So I'm still very independent. I think there's some legal things that Tim's addressing that I'm not smart to. So I'm not going to say, okay. you know, he's wrong in that area. I just feel okay. like I'm independent as opposed to what I was before. Okay, cool. How about you, Adolphus? Do you think we're ICs, true ICs? Uh, we're definitely not true independent contractors uh, because Lyft or Uber could change the rates any time. I mean, and so you have no control, basically, if you, you can use the platform or not use the platform, but we're definitely not independent contractors. Okay. Um, how about you, Jeff? Well, <clears throat> I've been an uh, independent contractor driver, uh, for uh, or manager of drivers uh, for over 30 years. Uh, I've mm -hmm. supervised drivers, employee drivers, IC drivers. Um, to me, clearly, uh, we are independent contractors. And um, yeah, there are, there are parameters that we have to work around. And I think the main difference, the, the main problem in this setup is that in all the other IC positions I've been, including as a courier for three years in Myrtle Beach, there's a contact that we work with. They're not a supervisor, but there's someone in, in the courier situation. I had a supervisor in my warehouse. If there's a problem, if there's a question, there's someone to go to. In some of those situations, I've been that person. I had my own business uh, for 12 years, uh, mostly in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. 
delivering free magazines. I had seven to 17 ICs. When anything happened, when there was a problem, all right, they didn't set the rates. I took care of that. But when there was a problem, there was a question, they knew they could talk to me. They could contact me and I could solve the problem. The way I look at it is, uh, just finishing up, is my, my, I have a business relationship with Uber. They, when their customer calls them, they contact me to bring them to their location. All right. My job, my responsibility is one thing, drive the customer to the destination safely. All right. right. Uber well, has a relationship right. with the customers and they're, co- they do everything else. They do everything else. I do one thing. Mm. What I do is I take care of the customer getting them to their location. So, yeah, okay. I, I absolutely believe okay. I'm an independent contractor. Um, so I very much believe in it. Okay. So when you were a courier yourself, right, um, you knew the job, what the job entailed, and you knew what you were going to get paid ahead of time, didn't you? That's how you took it. Because if they say, take this from here to there, 200 miles, we're going to pay you 30 bucks, you go, I'm not going to do it. Well, but I know, if they I know say, what the pay rate right? is. I, I knew right. what the pay rate is, just like uh-huh. I know what the pay rate is now. You know, people always say, well, I don't know what I'm getting paid. Well, you know what you get? You know how you get paid by yeah. distance and miles. I like to, uh, and I'm driving, I like to guess on what the amount is going to be. And when the when the amount comes up, I see how close I am. But when, right. Lyft pretty close. Off, when Lyft switches you off to another passenger and takes all that information away from you and your only option is to cancel under under penalty... How is that being an independent contractor? You went from knowing exactly what your situation was to now knowing nothing. And if you cancel, you you risk deactivation. How's that? that, the, that other, no, of- the other thing, Jeff, the other thing that I need to preface here is uh, before I forget, because I have ADD. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if you if any of you read the terms of service when they send you that 28 pages of legalities. You have to sign you have to sign it to drive it, to have the, yeah. to have access to the app. I've written multi-articles about this and I've read every word of it. According to the last one, Jeff, you are Uber's customer. The passenger is your customer. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and read it. Now, if that makes you Uber's customer, and Uber clearly indicates this in the TOS now, saying that we're merely a third-party agent taking a cut out of this deal, literally, and it's in there. Go ahead and read it. So to me, now that becomes a little bit more fishy, meaning that uh, I am Uber's customer. They aggregate the rides out and they their algorithm decides who gets what. And on top of that, the passenger is my customer. I'm Uber's customer. So I'm like, maybe they're changing this because of some of the losses that are about to come down the pipe. But think about this. You are. So the irony is you're Uber's customer. The rider is your customer, but you don't get to name your price. Uber still, as a third party, names the price of the ride to the passenger that you have. It that is actually your customer. That's what Uber is saying. So mm. go ahead and read that, and then we'll have another show about that. How about you, Sean? Do you think we're still IC? No. No. Okay. No, I'm I'm right on page. I'm I'm right on board with what you and Tim said. Uh, I would really like to see like like. Like and, and to, to take it one step further for that, um, I hadn't realized this, but basically Uber and Lyft have ripped off 
the model of the trucking industry since the 1980s when the president, I think it was Jimmy Carter who was president at the time, deregulated the market and opened up uh, dry, uh, owner operators and stuff like that in the trucking industry to basically the same pay structure and model that we're dealing with now. And uh, coming to 2022 now, you're seeing a lot of businesses, whether it's Uber, Lyft, owner operators in the trucking industry, um, FedEx drivers, even um, uh, nurses now are, are independent contractors. Now, I, I pick up a lot of people, nurses that are getting really boned right now because they're, they're, they're going through the whole IC, quote unquote, air quotes, um, structure. And it's, it's really screwing over a lot of people. Um, one of the telltale signs uh, with, with, with getting to like Amazon and, and like all those deliveries, when, when you have time and you're in traffic, look on the, the box truck. And you'll see in the small fine print on the box truck who actually owns that fleet of cars. And that's the independent contractor that the driver works for. Yeah, I mean, do you know what it is? Though? Every, from Uber all the way up to Google, they're all doing this model now, right? Right. The IC, yeah, mod, IC model. And and it seems like to me, it's, yeah, I mean, you know, that's the prevailing story. Right. And that's, what, that's, you know, they're trying they're, to get trying. rid of all the liability, you know. So Google yeah, is hiring quarters as independent trying. contractors as opposed to employees. Now, so. Yeah, they're, they're you, trying to make. Tony? Yeah, sorry, Sean. How about you, Tony? Are we ICs well, or no? I think under the technicality we are, but are we um, doing business with Uber and Lyft the way an IC would? I don't believe so. But um, Uber and Lyft have the upper hand on that, and they could easily fix that. But you know, it would cost them too much money. Yeah. Well, I I think. Uh, do you but when I you know when I talk about this issue I mean personally speaking I, I think we're misclassified totally but again it's my opinion um, so we have no consensus on this one how about we're going to bring Chris right. to get consensus Chris do you think we're IC bro oh no ah. absolutely not. no can I ask you a question Sergio yeah absolutely yeah why does it matter no it matters because as an IC um Really, you can't you you can't just say why does it matter and just lay down and take the way it is, because then that opens the other Pandora's box of well, if you're not happy, don't do it, which I hear so so many times, which I think we need to go a little deeper than that. I think we're all intelligent people, we're all educated people, as opposed to because when you say that, Levi, that reminds me of eighty percent of the drivers in Miami who are Haitians who exactly do what. Uh, Uber and Lyft want them to do, accept every ride, you know, send money home and, you know, desperation, all that good stuff. But none of us are in that in those shoes. I want to if I'm if I'm going to be a true independent contractor, I want to name my price. Maybe it will get rejected by everybody and I'll be hungry. But that's the chance that I'm taking. Right. OK. And to me, it's like that's so important just for the fact that economically, even in these days. Right. I mean, we're paying three times more for everything or double since 2019, I have no chance as an IC. I have a very good friend who's an air conditioning contractor. Every single quote he puts out is double what he put out because everything he's buying is double. But right. if I'm still getting paid 60 cents a mile and 21 cents a minute as it is in 2019, a set of tire, tires cost me twice as much and I cannot do anything about the price I charge, I, I feel lost. I don't think I should just sit there and take it. That's all so I'm saying. So you're saying that's that, why it matters. Yeah, you're saying that because there are people that are ignorant of the opportunity or what's being happening they're being taken advantage of and that's what you're concerned about 
And not no, I'm that, concerned about would, that, yeah. I would agree with Sergio and then also add that um, we got to worry about this type of business model as being labeled an independent contractor and all the ambiguity that goes behind it with these shady platforms. We got to worry about that permeating into traditional workforce culture. So I, I think that if, if we're looking at it from a 30,000 foot perspective, we need to kind of take advantage of while this, while these platforms are young and while they're still malleable, we need to start having a voice to kind of shape the structure of it before it kind of gets out of hand. I mean, to me, to me, honestly, um, they did bring that, by the way, Levi, because California, you know, we had AB5 and Prop 22. You know, uh, I think AB5 was a horrible, horrible law. I interviewed the writer, of, I mean, the, the fa you know, Lorena Gonzalez from San Diego. I think it was rushed. It screwed actually a lot of good, true independent contractors. Mm. They should have maybe never done that law. And then Uber came with their Prop 22, which is another mm -hmm. disaster now in California. So to me, it's like, what's the middle ground? Maybe they should just have some laws for rideshare or gig economy workers in general, not just rideshare, right? But I think, I think to me, there has to be a different class created because there's close to 10 million gig economy workers in the country. That includes yeah. food delivery, Instacart, you know, two and a half million on Uber and Lyft. If you, I mean, it's a, it's a massive amount of people decided to do this, just like we all did. But mm -hmm. I, and I'm not saying that I should write the law, but I'm saying at some point I should have a say in what I'm going to get paid for a job with the chance that I will get declined and not get the job, just like a true independent contractor does. And if I know you drive an economical car, Jeff does, so do I, but you know, there are, I see a lot of newer cars out there with depreciation going through the roof, and these people have no clue. I know we all do our numbers. We're good with that stuff. But I wish some education of the driver is brought to the front for by Uber and Lyft as opposed to just saying, ah, go ahead and accept every ride. We'll be fine. Algorithm will fix everything. It doesn't, but we're not going to agree. Sergio, yeah. they, 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 they need to do something like what the FCC did with Title II with ISPs. Okay. Okay. They need to sit there, like when they, when they created like a uh, uh, title two for that, they pretty much made it so that there was like that an ISP couldn't throttle bandwidth uh, if a competitor was doing something with that, and it basically made this separate classification specifically for ISPs. They need to do something that for the gig economy. Okay, that's why well, I'm, well, like, well. I'm, I'm kind of excited about hearing like from a uh, Seattle driver or something like that about the, the, the new bill that was passed out in uh, Washington and whatnot. Well, New York and Seattle have that. I'm very curious how that's working out. Mm -hmm. honestly. Exactly. I mean, they're there because Uber and Lyft business has not gone down in those cities. It's as strong as it was. I don't know if you go into uh, New York City, Levi, but their business has not slowed down and they violently opposed all these benefits that the drivers were going to get. And Seattle followed up, and now they have dollars thirty-five a mile and thirty-eight cents a minute, as opposed to my sixty and twenty-one in LA. And business has not slowed down for Uber and Lyft. So, I don't know. Maybe you know there has to be some sort of freedom when it comes to naming my own price and knowing what the job is ahead of time. To me, as an uh, independent contractor. One more thing, Sergio, before we mm -hmm. go off topic. The mm -hmm. the um. I don't know how many of you drivers sit there and drive as much like driving to different areas like I do, but mm -hmm. going back to the, the 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 concept of like well you signed up for this you know your you, you know your rate card but that that rate card changes if you go to if you take a long yeah. distance ride. 
Yep. You know, if I take a if, if I take a ride to New York City or to 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 Jersey, go to uh, Delaware or whatever, something that I'm allowed to do, my rate goes from 15 cents a minute, 82 and a half cents a mile, to like 24 cents a, a minute and 60 cents a mile. Like, yep. and I'm not aware of that at all until I see the way bill. Well, every city has got different rates, so that's the other thing. I mean, there is no universal but stuff. You don't, but but you're basically. Um, naive like not necessarily naive but like you just unaware of that and you just just yeah. take a long ride uh i mean i go to new york city for that drop off someone at jfk and my pay structure is completely different yeah well you cannot pick up there anyway once you drop off well, no no i can't uh, pick because... up but i can i can take you there yeah i've been I know to new york city yeah, i've been to new york city like three dozen times in the last six, six months yeah. okay all right um so this is this is near and dear to my heart um <laughs> driver safety right what do you think tim so i think at the very least um passengers should need to provide a valid form of id a photo and a name that matches the identification okay. i think at the very least i think it's unrealistic i used to be on board with you know everybody taking a, a background check but of course that's just going to reduce a lot of ridership uh, and I battled back and forth with it because the the argument was, well, you know, then that's more incurred cost by the platforms. But yet they also incur the cost of doing background checks on a workforce that 70 to 80 percent of them disappear within the first six months. Right. So um, I'm not sure that there is much they can do. I mean, from an actual safety ride to ride standpoint i think it really relies on the intuition and the wherewithal of the driver but i do think that identification uh and 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 at least at least a photo and a realistic name need to be instituted i agree on that one how about you levi yeah that's so i totally agree with the realistic name and a photo um because it you know one thing about driving in syracuse is um you know i'm basically replacing the bus which means i take primarily low income people to and from work. Um, and I'm driving in really, really bad neighborhoods and, mm -hmm. um, it's pretty unsafe. There's been three carjackings of Uber drivers here in Syracuse over the last few months. And, um, it's young kids that are trying to go joy riding and stuff. They don't take Prius. So it's, it's pretty cool, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I think it, it's extremely dangerous and I'm, I'm going into every situation really, um, Unknowing, I do some things to you know. We can talk about what I do for safety, but yeah, it's definitely dangerous. Oh, absolutely. Go ahead. I mean, I'm you know we. Talk yeah, I about never. I, I never put my car in park. Um, I always keep like at least ten feet from me and the car in front of me. Um, I never in the bad neighborhoods. Um, I never uh, pull over to the side. I, I stop right in the middle of the road. Um, I don't go over to the curb. Um, and definitely once it gets you know, it gets really bad starting not around right around sunset is when it gets really bad especially when the you know sun's out guns out kind of deal um yeah it gets really really bad um it, we have uh i don't know about you guys but we have uh fireworks um um wars in syracuse right so the kids oh. run around shooting fireworks at cars at each and, other oh, at cars yeah yeah just oh, yeah man. it gets pretty nuts yeah so you just gotta you just gotta know what neighborhood you're in and um yeah i i, I keep my car and I, I think to myself if it's a bad situation i'm hitting the gas 
and and until I wreck, I'm not turning, I'm not <laughs> decelerating. I'm just gonna can go I, as fast as possible. Can I add one sure. super fast sure. thing to piggyback on Levi? Sure. So I think sure. that we also need to examine and redefine what discrimination means in terms of this work. Because if I'm not going into an area because like what Levi is saying, something is happening, or like in my former thing that I went through where two homicides had occurred, I'm not. I don't want my character to be called into question just because I'm trying not to get shot. I'm not yeah. dismissing that right or that area because a certain percentage of a certain culture lives there. And I so, think that uh, we need to kind of redis redefine area discriminatory as that uh, pertains to the platform. Yeah. yeah. Well, so is, we, we all know what happened in Portland. Like, how did you handle that situation when the riots oh, were yeah. going on? I mean, you were in the middle of it probably, right? So if somebody asks you to give you a ride to the middle of a riot, what do you do? You go, no, I'm not going to take you there. And I if just the passenger complains, you know, you're deactivated. There you go. So how good is that? Right. I mean, it, it took a lot of quick thinking and quick talking. And there was a lot of times when I didn't know a situation was going on. So I would okay. go to an area and they're lighting the police precinct on fire. So, you know, you're, there's situations that were just unavoidable and I just try to get people as close as I can, but at the same time, try to negotiate my way out of, out yeah. of a bat. It's just de-escalation and, and, and quick thinking. And Sergio, yeah, just, you know, the small markets, that oh, means yeah. I'm always five minutes from a bad neighborhood, always, because it okay. only takes 10 minutes to get across town. Right. So yeah. I'm, I'm always like every other ride I'm in one of those neighborhoods. So if I'm going to be an Uber driver, I, I literally have to be able to navigate those situations yeah. all the time. Yeah. You have to look out for yourself ultimately. I mean, um, yeah. Uh, Adolphus, how about you? Uh, as an ex military man, you're a tough guy. You can handle anything. I have a feel like. Right. <laughs> well, the main thing that I do is, um, uh, I don't do the nights. So oh, unless it's someone that calls me that's going to do an airport run or something like that, but I'm a day driver specifically, okay. you know, I specialize in early morning airport runs and the base and between those two, it's the safest place to be because, you know, all the bad guys are not up yet when I'm getting up and doing my thing. So, and I'm not out late. I'm usually at home by hey, one o'clock unless it's busy. And if it's super busy, I might stick around but very rarely do I work past five o'clock. So That's I like to make my money early, make my money early, and I go home early. Yeah. So how many of you work at night? Not me. <laughs> like me, past nine o'clock, let's say. Past nine o'clock? Past nine PM? I'm not working past nine PM. Yeah, I, I work I, I work nights really? when the college kids are in town. Yeah, I worked yeah. about two AM when the college kids are in town, but I pretty much stay on campus what i do okay. is i i do a lot of rides during the week 5 a.m till about noon and okay. that builds up my acceptance rate and so when i'm when the college kids are in town over the weekends i can be much more discerning about which rides i take at night yeah that also kind of calls into question our actual flexibility though doesn't it because if, if you don't drive certain times then you're not going to make the money that the platform's promised Yep, that's true. Uh, yeah, I, I, I understand. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Jeff? Uh, safety. <laughs> safety. I don't know what that was. Um, I, I just I drive during the day. Very rarely I'm ever in a uh, dangerous situation, but uh, obviously there are a lot of nighttime drivers, and I give them a lot of credit for what they do. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, um, a picture uh, and, and a real name is uh, a minimal uh, what they have to do. They just have to keep 
working on getting it safer and, and some of the things that they're doing, but the, the picture and, and, uh, and the um, uh, real name, I mean, you know, when I pick up a guy named Unbreakable, and <laughs> I, I did this, this week, Sunday, I, uh, Saturday, I, I picked up Unbreakable. I said, so how did you get that uh, nickname? He said, it's not an interesting story, which I was disappointed because I have a lot of great name stories. But you know what, I mean, as far as the driver uh, safety, you know, we talked about those last week. Like, it seems like every day there is a carjacking, stabbing, shootout. I mean, what's going on, right? Maybe it's in general <laughs> stuff has gone sideways, but we hear it more often. You know, I'm I'm 100 percent sure that Uber is not going to change that rule because they want on board as many pass as many passengers as possible. Good, bad, sideways. Um, but I think. Uh, do you think, I mean, uh, Sean, do you think enough is being done for driver safety? Um, no, but honestly, what can they do? Like the okay. one thing that I will, uh, the one, I was just saying this to my mother last night. Uh, the one thing I'll hand to Lyft is at least they don't bullshit you. You know, you sit there and you get a ride with no profile picture. The person's name is princess and they have a 4.9 rating. You take the ride and some buff, uh, uh black dude or something like that it's like oh, oh, oh all right you know pick up for princess you know let's 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 roll the dice you know i'm in a gambling mood let's see where this is going um yeah. uh, the one thing i will say is um i am totally against everything that like rideshare professor has been trying to adamantly uh push with uh asking for background checks and if you have a felony conviction or something like that that you can't ride on the platform i think that's complete bullshit uh excuse my language mm -hmm. uh, no, we're, we're all inherently all human beings are inherently good and evil we're all capable i'm i'm i'm, I'm just as capable of murder as the as a felon you know yeah i actually well, know i actually know someone who has it has to check that box every job application and it, he's a good kid uh, he unfortunately he did something that he probably shouldn't have done in his twenties, but for the rest of his life he's uh, he's boned. And if so, something like this happens, he can't take an Uber to work. Like I'm sorry, that's 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 crossing a the line. There's really no uh, thing that there, there, there's going to be no perfect example ever. It, it, it's basically like you're just going to have to roll the dice. You're going to have to be prepared, be aware of your situation. Don't do nights if you don't feel comfortable doing nights. It's one thing I changed because of the pandemic and not having the bar crowd, the strip clubs anymore doing the business crowd is the best thing to do. Okay. Tony, uh, do you, are you allowed to pack in Denver? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I have a permit, but you know, policies are policies. Uh, just don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, but, um, yeah. Lyft does allow pictures, uh, but you can upload a picture of your cat if you wanted to or yep. a color of the rainbow doesn't matter like yeah. so if they if the apps at least did the same thing that it does for us where yes. well at least on uber's app they mm -hmm. verify your face with your id mm -hmm. um that would be great so you know that that person's photo is actually that person and mm -hmm. then um, making them use their real name. I don't care if it's their nickname based off of their real name. Like, I'm Anthony, but I go by Tony. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Um, and then, yeah, allowing us to um, be able to protect ourselves 
uh, without being deplatformed would be great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so uh, what, uh, everybody come up with their craziest uh, fake name pickup. How about you, Tim? Oh, straight killer, um, eight ball. Um, oh. I mean, how about you, you Levi? <laughs> I don't remember any of them, but we get a lot of really? Chinese students at Syracuse, so I can't speak, say okay. any of those names. Yeah. Oh, okay. How about you, Adolphus? I haven't had that problem because I, of the markets that I work. You're so I'm doing the military. I'm doing the military, and I'm doing the business crowd personnel. So I don't get that. Jeff has got some. I know. I've got, I've got, I've got about 80 different names I've kept track of with stories and all. There's everything under the sun that uh, one woman got, her name is Jansen. Her mom named her because she was in a store and she named him after the bathing suit company. (laughs) How about you, Sean? (laughs) No, um, generally the, the, the only thing that like I, I run into or, uh, uh, ethnic sounding names and I get to uh, perpetuate my whiteness by trying to uh, <laughs> say them and uh, okay. sometimes I get them right sometimes I get them wrong but like usually it's always it, 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 it's it's weird it's it's almost like it's always like they uh, the, 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 the tough brawn dudes will try to do a casual soft name like princess or cupcake or something like that and it kind of like just like what like okay fine i mean yeah, how about you tony i i mean mine was killer and then the other day i okay. picked up a genesis, that's, that's, that's genesis wrong. and i'm like for a dry share driver killer is not a good passenger <laughs> like, right and i picked the guy up it was like eight in the morning and i'm like bro I go, look at this. And he goes, yeah, it's funny. I go, uh, not to me. <laughs> I mean, you want me to pick a guy up named Killer as a rideshare driver? Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've picked up John Cena. Uh, usually it's a, some celebrity name and it's not the celebrity. But I do pick up celebrities too. I've picked up several Broncos players, some uh, oh. Avalanche people, and uh, just different. Um, actual people but one thing i wanted to mention as far as safety as well as uber does have the pin system if they would enforce mm-hmm. everybody having to use that then nobody would have to say the say my name bullcrap um yep. the people too lazy to verify your license plate if we could verify a pin that'd be phenomenal i 100 percent agree i think the pin mm-hmm. system was great is great but and it, it will eliminate a lot of problems on both ends i think i don't know um, what's up next, Chris? All right. Well, you know, we kind of touched upon this a little bit before, but what is your opinion with unjust active, unjust deactivations? Uh, so, cheers, everybody. This is where I might be a little bit idealistic. So I think that for deactivation that involves passengers, interaction and accusations, Um, there should be a phone call involving both parties and a representative from the company. So if the passenger elects to not be a part of the call, the issue should be dismissed Uh, for deactivation stemming from alleged driver behavior, not involving a passenger. um, You should be able to receive a transcription of your questionable activity and be able to submit individual responses to each accusation um, just because there are too many situations that are beyond our control and we have such a limited amount of options to react and the options that we do have to react are often thwarted by uh, penalization. 
Yeah, uh, I, you know, I'm going to send that to to the Dara uh, because that's as good as you can say it. So go ahead. Yeah, that was please. that was a really good idea. That I like perfect, that. Yeah. People yeah. getting on there. That was an yeah. amazing, amazing idea. Go ahead. That's a really good one. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm deathly afraid of being deactivated. I'm a five-star driver. I've had five stars for the last eight months now. I haven't had zero, one-star, two-star, three-stars, or four-star ratings. I, I've, I, do, I do just as well as Jeff on the tips, too. Yet, I think almost every ride, it's just going to take one person to say something, and I'm going to get kicked off, right? So that's why I'm always cleaning my car between rides. I always wipe it down after I get a pot smoker out of the car because I'm always afraid somebody's going to smell it and think that I'm smoking yep. pot. So yeah. I'm always very conscious of it. Yeah. How about you, Adolphus? Um, well, I recently, well, not recently, but a long time ago, got a fraud activity suspicion thing. And that's why I turned Uber off. So once they started that, I'm like, you know what, Uber, I'm going to deactivate you. Now they're sending me emails all the time. Hey, Adolphus, get back on the road and go make that 39 bucks an hour. I'm like, man, nope. But I have had no problems at all on Lyft. And like I said, once Lyft came up with that base mode thing, it's like, hey, well, that's where I wanted to be anyway. And uh, and when I don't drive um, on base and I'm picking my neighbors up to go to the airport or Walmart or whatever, um, I don't have any problems. I haven't had any problems in the you know six and a half years with Lyft. So that's why Lyft became my number, my main one, because they just seem to be you know, they had their stuff together a lot better. Yeah. I mean, look, I understand um, everybody knows somebody who's deactivated, but unjustly it's kind of unfair because it's ending like Levi. You're saying, you, you know, it goes your $1,000 a week. Now what, right? Because you have adjusted pretty much everything you do according to your income. And, you know, you live a life that you know what you need to survive, not survive, but live comfortably. So if that's taken away from you for, by some passenger and you cannot voice your opinion, right, at, a, yeah. at some sort of human level, right, because we know it's impossible. I mean, you know, a billion and a half rides Uber did in 2020, 2019, billion and a half. How many people complained? Which algorithm did it go to? How many people got unjustly deactivated? Nobody knows these things, right? So how about you, Jeff? Do you, do you know anybody unjustly deactivated or do you what do you think we should do about that? Well, first of all, no one, no driver should ever be deactivated without notice. If, you, if, it, if they're not telling you that there's a problem, how do they take you off? Uh, I had yeah. uh, a few years ago, I drove down to Charleston over an hour away. I went on to Uber. I couldn't get on. I call them up and they tell me, well, my um, uh, driver inspection has to be uploaded again i said i haven't uploaded a new one in months why would it have to be uploaded now well it's not clear i said well how could it not be clear i've been driving so i wasn't going to turn around and go home so i drove on lyft all day several emails few phone calls on the way home i'm talking to a manager and he says well i can't understand how you've been driving uh all these five months five months he wants to know how are you driving for five months without being approved? I said, well, the only way I could drive is that I was approved. There was some yeah. kind of computer computer glitch. I uploaded it, and I was driving the next day. But I lost yeah. the day. Yeah. Well, that I mean, never yeah. happened. There had yeah, someone sure. had to have common sense at Uber support and look and say, well, it's five months. He's been driving for five months. It's five months old. 
and yeah. no one no one could take care of that. So but, I mean, I should I, I do see their point because they have to automate all this human uh, intervention because two million drivers, millions of rides every day. Uh, who knows how many hundreds of thousands of complaints every day? And if everything went to a human, it, there would be no time. I mean, they'll be so far behind. They had to hire like million people to figure all this out. So it goes to on truly. I know this for a fact. It goes to an algorithm, and if a passenger complaint entails driver intoxicated marijuana automatically activation i mean there is no ifs and buts about that you're gone so to me it's like maybe there is a different way so i'm trying to figure out if there is a better way for drivers not to lose their livelihood so i don't know sean how about you well if you guys don't know a deactivated driver you do now because uh as of april i've been deactivated from uber uh unjust uh, they spot checked my car insurance and they said that it was fraudulent and do not pass go, do not click $200, boom, gone. Uh, I dropped off um, a couple. I went, they were doing grocery shopping at Walmart. I dropped them off at their place. As soon as I ended the ride, boom, done, gone. Called up the support. Uh, of course, I couldn't understand them because, I mean, of just how cu terrible customer support is. Uh, they put the appeal process in, which was just three days of sitting on my hands and just getting the same result. Um, and it's been that way ever since. Uh, so I, you're not back on? You're not back on? No, no. I even got I, I got so pissed that, uh, excuse, excuse my language, um, no, no. that uh, I actually told them over the phone that uh, I want all my, all my account information deleted. I, I will not ever sit there and drive for you guys. I will never sit there and order... Uber Eats. I will not do anything whatsoever. I will sit there adamantly push against you. So, and so, so just you for uh, insurance form, they just they deactivated you, and you right. can upload a yeah. new one. And, and just like and just like Jeff with the the inspection sticker, all my documents were submitted. I um, and I don't know how it works in other states, uh, but like we have six month terms on our insurance, so I was still. Maybe had two months left on my insurance. My inspection sticker was the only thing that had to be updated because my insurance is up in at, at March every every year. Uh, my registration doesn't expire until August, so all my documents were uploaded. Everything was fine. Just um, yep, one day that was it. That, and that's the whole shebang, you know. I, I was out all my money. Uh, I've thought about fighting and getting a lawyer, but as a lot of people say. It's a blessing in, in disguise, you know. It, it, it's pushed me to do other things with my time. For you. Drive for Lyft, get my LLC, do, like do what uh, Rideshare Professor's been adamantly telling everyone to do. Go private. Screw this. Yep. Yep. Screw you guys. You, Tony? I'm going home. Tony, Sorry. How about you? On just deactivations. I mean, you're literally me. Everybody here is one complaint away from bye bye. Yeah, no joke. I, I definitely disagree with it. Uh, what I can do about it, I'm not sure I can do anything about it. But um, the only people I have heard of are on YouTube. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't really know a whole lot of local drivers here, um, so that that may yeah. be why I don't know somebody. But uh, yeah, yeah, even like. Big YouTubers get deactivated and uh, for no reason. 
That's why they become YouTubers, I guess. That's what, <laughs> well, you get yeah, deactivated. I mean, <laughs> at least no more money. they get that little bit, but yeah, they end up but I mean, drive for one um, platform only. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, to me, it's like the activation is in everybody's future, pretty much, um, uh, mm -hmm. because. You know, I, I'm really trying to figure this out. I've had conversations with Uber execs, and I go like, "Why would you deactivate uh, without finding out the other side's story?" Like, you know, why? I mean, in this country, mm -hmm. right? You're innocent until proven guilty. It's not you're not guilty until you're proven innocent. So, I've had many, many drivers contact me and say, "I know this happened, and passenger complained, and." I'm gone. I'm like, yeah, the guy's making twelve, fifteen hundred bucks a week for his family, and then now what does he do, right? What's in so theory is like, you have a dash yeah. cam, you can prove demonstrably that you're innocent. They will not take it. They will not take it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, they won't take it. I don't know why. Do you any? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know why. Don't they? Does everybody here have a dash cam? By the way, nope. Yep. Nope. 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 I I do. Jeff, you need a dash cam. Um, yeah. I mean, no thanks. No. Okay. Right. You know, I use I use a, a, the dash cam uh, primarily for my unsafe neighborhoods. I, I don't think it's going to yeah. matter. But what I try to tell them is I tell them it uploads automatically to the Internet. So it's live. And I say, hey, look, you can see my wife. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. The new the new ones, the new ones are great. That, that, <laughs> they, even oh, if yeah, they do take your dash cam. Yeah. 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 It's like, yeah, it's already uploaded the Internet. I try to lie a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. They should they should be able to watch at least the dash cam footage and you know, or talk to you because I think it's totally unjust that when a passenger goes, I'm trying to get eight bucks back because I think Uber ripped me off. And I'm going to tell the Uber lords that this guy was drunk and bye. See you later. So I hope it never happens to any of you, although it happened to Sean. But, uh, uh, you know, Sergio, going kind of like hitting on what Levi was just saying about bad neighborhoods. Um, mm -hmm. The one thing that uh, kind of going back to safety for that, the one thing that I do. If your neighborhood has trash on the street, I will not drive in your neighborhood. That is like the telltale side of a bad neighborhood. I will not go. I'll, I'll take you there. I will get out immediately. Okay. You, could, you couldn't drive in Syracuse. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's the one thing I noticed. Like when I go into when I go into Philadelphia and I go into certain spots, the filth on the streets, I definitely don't want to be there. I've had passengers that were like parents. They were just visiting for the first time to like meet their like son or daughter or whatever. They go into the ghetto and it's like, oh my God, my kid lives here. And it's like, that's life. You know, that's just how it is. You know, if you go to Allentown, you go to East Side Allentown, where the like it's basically a barrio. Yeah. Get get in, get out. You see trash on the ground, get out. So um one to ten. Uh, Tim, give me a number for Uber support and Lyft support. Oh. Two. Oh my god, I'm gonna sound like an Uber fanboy, but it's like eight or nine. Every time I've called, I'm a diamond driver, so every time I call, I get an immediate response and I get exactly what I want. Okay, um, how about you, uh, Adolphus? I'm pretty much not driving for Uber right now. Okay, how about Lyft? Lyft support? I haven't had a problem with Lyft. Okay, how about you, Jeff? Well, I think it seems to me I've had better experiences in the last year and a half, but overall, the best I could give them really is a four. And, okay. and 
there's a lot. It's a there's a lot of problems with it. A lot of it. okay. That's something okay. I think that can be improved. I I I I hundred percent agree with you. Um, <laughs> how about you, Sean? Um, my problem with both support is just the policies that are implemented. Uh, like yeah. yesterday, uh, I had a passenger who I picked her outside of Temple Hospital. Uh, she out of my car i don't usually let outside food she opened up a bag of like crackers and she, i swear she got more on the floor and in the seat than she got in her face uh quickly got off and went to her little her, her, her drug den or whatever of a, a hole that i dropped her off at and uh i immediately reported it took photos of it. i mean it's just crackers i mean i wasn't expecting anything yeah. big but at least with uber in that regard you take the photo, you clean up the mess, you get on your way, you look at your phone maybe an hour, two hours, because I've had people get sick in my car, and you get a and you and you'll eventually get that $150, $200 cleaning fee. This lift, it's it's company policy that you can't take another ride until they yeah. investigate the matter. So, so I basically <clears throat> what do you give them? Oh, one to ten. I mean lift, I mean right. I mean two. Like I mean, it's okay. uh, you, it's more of a, it's more of a policy issue. It's not necessarily people. Okay. okay, how about you, Tony? If you dealt with support, yeah. Well, nothing triggers me more about doing Uber than Uber support. I give them a, ne a negative, a negative ten. A negative ten. I hey, never. Are you watching unless, this? Yeah. <laughs> I never call unless I actually really need something. If it's like a cancellation for like five bucks or whatever, I do it on the automated thing, and it either gives it to me or don't. And if I call, they're not going to give it to me anyways. But if I really need something, I call. The only support that I actually get help from is the safety line. So if I report something that's a safety related thing, like I had some teenagers that their dad ordered a ride for me and i asked them if i asked the dad are your kids over 18 and do they have id yes and yes i get there no id so i'm like no trip they start swinging golf clubs at my car and everything and so uh i got out of there called uh 911 myself i don't care about uber's adp thing um police come handle the situation um and then i actually received a phone call because i had after I got off the phone with 911, I called Uber as well while I was on the trip so that they would know what's going on so I don't get deactivated. And then um, maybe like 10 minutes later, I got a phone call from a safety person that's here in uh, the U.S., actually mm -hmm. here in Denver. And then they followed up with me for like a week and a half every day. That's the wow, only okay. support that was worth it. And then the, the hub support is pretty good um, if they're – ability to help you is not hindered by their um, crappy computer system. And to their credit, uh, I, it does sound like a pretty dope job when you can have roosters in the background. <laughs> yeah, the... <laughs> well, my, I, 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 I don't understand. <clears throat> is everybody here a diamond driver? Because every time I call, and I call uh, only blue. like, let's say, every, every two or three months I call, maybe once every two or three months. I don't call very often, but I'm a diamond driver well, and I get right Levi, diamond why are you a diamond, Levi? Why are you a diamond? <laughs> why I'm am blue. I a diamond? Yeah. You're blue? I've, I've, been blue for, I've been blue for seven years. <laughs> um, why am I a diamond? Um, two things. Uh, number one, when I first started doing this, um, a friend of mine was a blue and then I had already mm -hmm. gotten diamond and my, mm -hmm. uh, my quests were larger than his. 
So but I was, took no, that away. Um, no, I still think I still get better quests. I've checked with another guy. You, you do. Are, no, but no, you don't. You get the same. Yeah, quest. You, you get the same quest, but as you progress in the tiers, the the money gets exponentially better. They exponentially. In Denver, yes. they took that. I'm a, away. Di- I'm, I'm, a di- oh. I'm a diamond on both platforms. That's how no, it works. I, I, haven't, I haven't looked, I haven't checked in a couple of months, Tony, so I don't know for yeah. sure. But in Denver, they took that my, away. But I plug my Prius in next to another guy that plugs his Prius in, and he's the guy that's blue. He's like, don't take every ride. He keeps his acceptance rate really low. Well, okay. number one, he got kicked off the app. But number two, hit, my quests are always bigger than his. Okay. Like by 100 bucks. You, Jeff? Do you, are you a diamond? Yeah, I'm sure you are. No, uh, pl- platinum. Oh, is that above diamond? Or I don't know. No, 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 no. no. no, no. Okay, how about no. you, Tim? Are you diamond, platinum? Where are you at? Oh no, I think I'm lucky to be like blue or gold. I I don't drive full time anymore. When I was full time, okay. I, I think I was platinum ish. But yeah, super I quick, I'm blue. I I yeah. don't I don't trust customer support because their mo more often than not is to stonewall and just log the event to protect the companies, not to benefit mm. you in the scenario in any way. But, but you know the, the other reason why I'm a diamond driver is because when I call customer support, I get somebody like the minute I can call between rides, and within five minutes before I pick up my next passenger, they've okay. given me the money. Okay, so I I am blue. I had to call support twice now in a month, right? So both times I ended up once in uh, Chicago. I'm not going to name the support person's name, and once in Austin. I have a very good friend of mine who drives in LA. He's a diamond driver. Yeah, he calls and he gets to Philippines every time, and he has to go yeah. through the maze of clicking it. So he goes, he goes. I think you're tagged. I think they tagged your account because you're on <laughs> on, on YouTube or whatever. I go, are you nuts? I go, why would they I, do that? So to me, I'm I'm not sure Diamond gives you more than anything I, well, else. The, I the think maybe I it's in the perception. In the no, the people that yeah? I call are in the Philippines for sure, no doubt. Yeah, they're oh, they're okay. they're not in America, but they still saw so, so, I'm a there, blue okay. driver, but that's what support tells me. Oh wow! <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I do I, enough yeah. trips that I would be diamond, but I don't do all their stupid requirements. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. About that, diamond is not easy. But you know, do you? I mean, if you feel like you're getting more money, by all means, I would. I may not too, be anymore. I haven't though. seen I'm, it. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not checking it all the time. But about three months ago yeah. um, was the last time I checked, and the guy that plugs his Prius in next to me. I was looking at our quests and I was like, dude, it's $600 this week. And he's like, Oh, mine's only four fifty, And that's maxing out, you know, the, the top 600 bucks. Yeah. We had a $600. Yeah. During when the, when the kids come back to school, the quests get crazy here in Syracuse. Yeah. Jeff is shaking his head. He goes, he goes like, I haven't seen $600 quest ever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, half of that, I, half of that. Half? Yeah, really? that's horrible. All right, so I'll give you one quick story about it. Um, what sure. a lot of the the reason why the there's a lot of Uber drivers that try to do the blue, they they only accept short rides because yeah. you know if they can get seventy rides in a weekend, um, yeah. they'll get you know four hundred, six hundred dollars or whatever. Yeah. And they and we can wow. do like six ride, we can do like six rides an hour though. Yeah. So they're doing like one guy I know he was doing like all <laughs> seventy rides in like fourteen hours to get the extra cheese. To get the quest, he'd hit the quest. Uh, he'd work all day Friday and then go back to work for like two more hours on a Saturday, and that's how he hit his quests. And he was he was doing wow. like a thousand dollar a week, working only like you know like fifteen hours. Yeah, 
See? But he got it's kicked off the app. Happening. Why? Why? But, Why did he get kicked off the app? Because I think because I think Uber is looking at his acceptance rate. His acceptance rate was like twenty percent, and I think slowly but surely that it just kept going down and down. And he, he and he called me. He's like, "I'm off. I got kicked off the app." And he doesn't have a bad rating. He's got you know like a four point nine something, but yeah. I, I don't know about that. I think there is something other than that going on because acceptance rates, according to Uber, anyway, acceptance rates don't mean anything. Well, they cancellation shouldn't. doesn't either. Yeah, but well, just to be clear, either, I see somebody but... in the chat saying my quest this weekend is only 185, though. Okay, what's your quest? Your quest this weekend. My quest this weekend. Um, yeah, hold top on. quest. I know um, what mine is. Let's see here. Why it's it's it logged me out for some reason. I don't know. So I have to log back in. Um, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll pause. Yeah, mine yeah, is like two hundred and twenty dollars for ninety trips which I'm not going to do this weekend. Uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, this next one, we're going to hit hard, fast and hard. I know Jeff doesn't agree with it, but uh, we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> so, um, okay. The, the number one topic it used to be rates. We're not making enough money. 90 trips for, is that 320, Three, Tony? 365 for 90. Hey, Weezu, 320 for you're 80. in the wrong, yeah. you're in the wrong yeah. state, bro. So there you go. Mine's um, right there. 16. I don't know if it's, it's all blurry. Sorry. Yeah, it's, yeah, uh, yeah, just read it. Just read it. 64? It's, it's, it's 185 for 70 this weekend. Three bucks. Less than three bucks. Eh, not yeah. So I can do that in about yeah. 20 hours. But to do 90 in a weekend, that's imp- almost to me. It's like, wow, Right. Well, just... about three weeks ago, they changed it from having to do 60 to 90. Oh, oh they give wow. it up. Keeps going up. <laughs> yeah. Like, I would go Diamond Driver if they made the quest, like, where if my top tier was 365, I only had to do, like, 30 trips. Yeah. yeah. But, Jeff, right. Jeff, so um, I, 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 I got your numbers, by the way. You know, your incentives are down, what, 75% from year to year? July last year to July this year, right? Oh, yeah. Literal. Yeah. yeah. Way down. Yeah. yeah. Why? 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 You're an amazing driver. <laughs> oh yes so you have right. no control no, over no. that there is your independence <laughs> okay. uh, so uh other than people not making money which i don't think is true people are making plenty of money if you hustle okay uh, that one thing i agree with all you guys who like uber i love uber i mean i think it's a great opportunity for people who have nothing no outs if you watch last week's show they had two or three drivers there that they i i you know if the guy goes if i don't do this what am i going to do i'm making 2500 a week what am i going to do right so to me it gives a lot of people a lot of opportunity it gives a lot of people a chance to move on and do something else and whatever they need to do and it's good money man you're not going to go make 1500 two grand a week like this week i know tim's going to kill it on lyft so where are you going to make that kind of money Who's going to give you that? Then you go, oh, by the way, I'm going to clock out now. I'm like, really? It's just right. So, um, but the the biggest discussion these days is the take rate, right? We all know what that is take rate, like how much Uber takes of the rides Mm -hmm. or Lyft does. Lyft kind of kind of hides all that stuff because you get it two weeks later, but Uber is like live on the spot. Tim, what do you think about Uber and Lyft's take rate? There's too much ambiguity. Um, there's too many variables, uh, and it, it's exhausting to try to keep up with what your take rates actually are. They've been proven mm-hmm. in the past to manipulate the numbers when it comes to fees and tips. Okay. Um, and the only accurate 
way to do it is to return to a straight percentage system, but I don't think that that's possible anymore now that their feet are being held to the fire by the investors, because I don't think a straight percentage system is going to get them the, uh, the profit they need to deliver to their investors. That's cool. How about you, Levi? Do you, do you, do you agree with their take rate of 50, 60% or 40%, whatever in your case yeah, it may it's be? It's got to be like 50. Do you even pay attention to it? Do you pay, do yeah, you pay do. attention to it? I, I I do pay attention to it, and I understand the frustration. But I, 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 again, I'm not an Uber fanboy. There's a lot of problems, but I think these issues are issues that are well within my control. I I don't care if if they took 100, you know, 90 percent of it. I don't care. I know what I bring home. My goal is to hit my yep. number, and okay. so I don't really care what they take. Yeah, I agree with that kind of actually, just for the fact that. I don't think their take rate is that high. If it was that high, they'd be profitable and their stocks would be uh, quadruple of what it is today. Um, right. How about you, Adolphus? Well, Adolphus is like, a, wait, do you know what? Adolphus, we can call a lift of uh, the Marines. <laughs> He's base in, base out, base in, base out. What's happening there? Um, lift has been an absolute blessing for me. Uh, the okay. numbers just seem to be... Um, more honest, and that's why I turn Uber off too. Because Uber, you know, you always got to check the math, and then they're always having you log back on and take your picture in the middle of the ride. I'm like, look, you know, it's just too much. And so, Lyft basically, like I said, since they have been so receptive, you know, to suggestions that I've made to them, that's why I made them my main. So, okay. the, the rates out here, they're, they're great, they're great. So, so you're you, you can do Uber, but you're only doing Lyft. That's correct. Oh, so you don't want Uber to miss you? <laughs> well, the, Uber, like I said, my money is always funny with them. You know, they're always taking more. I mean, so when I first started, Lyft didn't have a luxury platform. So Uber was my main. So back in those days, from my house to the airport was $100. Now, if you take a, uh, somebody calls for Uber, Uber's probably going to charge you more than that. But you're only probably going to see about 50 bucks. Yeah, that's true. So that's why I turned them off. I'm like, look, if I turn on Lyft, it seems like their numbers are okay and, and the, uh, the pay is higher. So that's yeah. why I don't turn Uber on. Well, I do turn it on sometimes. But like I said, when I get the request, mm -hmm. Uber hides the information from me. So I don't know if I'm going to L.A. or not. And, and oh, I need okay. to know that because I might have something else to do. So yeah. usually when I call and, and turn on both apps, 90% of the time, people that are looking for like the business class, the luxury lane, they call me on Lyft first because they're comparing the prices. And so that's where I get the calls. Okay. I mean, you know, that's, that's the other thing that us not seeing destination is bullshit. We need to see destination, man. We need to know where these people are going before we just kind of... Right. And then two Lyft, uh, you know, makes me a platinum driver. And so they give me two extra destination filters. But most of the time I don't use them because if I get a Marine that calls me an Oceanside, that's going to put me in the middle. So I don't need to put the destination filter on it because if somebody's need the airport run in either direction, it's going to be 80 to 100 bucks. Wow. OK. So you, when I get those okay. calls, you know. Great, but when I'm just taking somebody across the street or whatever, so that's why I don't cherry pick. You know, I take pretty much anything that they'll um, send me because I'm going to give that customer my phone number, you know, in case they need to go to the airport. So that's how I've been able to stay busy. And I've actually been like 
just as busy now. I mean, this has been the slow period, so everything kind of slowed down. But now that uh, July 1st is here, and now that everything is open back up again, good gracious, we're about to go to the bank. See, that's what I love to hear. Bank. How about you, Jeff? Is it okay to take 50%, 60% of your money? Not your money. Well, as you know, you did an yeah. analysis of 800 rides. Yeah. They don't take that much typically <laughs> on all the rides. I know. I, know. I, know. I checked my numbers three different times uh, over the last year and a half or so. Um, I, I always got at least 60%. If it's a $6, $7, $8 ride. Of course, they're going to take about 50%. There's nothing there to take. Yeah. You know, they pay me, and what's left over, they take. Um, I'm yeah. mildly interested on what, uh, what, what they make on some rides. But, look, if they're going to gouge their customer, it's their customer. I know what you said before, but still, it's their customer. I don't have the blood on my hands. I haven't yeah. done anything. I don't set the rates. It's 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 there. It's I think it's a bad call. I think it's bad business. But they want to do it, they do it. I'm not involved. No, I I mean I I get what you're saying, and they don't take actually that high if you consider all your incentives. Exactly. If you don't, then you it's have a to look story. at the whole picture. Yeah, but yeah, that's the thing, right? A lot of drivers don't put anything on spreadsheets, figure out what's going on, what's not going on, and. And then when I do put those out, they go like, oh, you're Uber shill. Oh, you're this. I'm like, bro, it's like 9% these people make. Exactly. What do you want me to say? But uh, uh, I think the general perception is that their take is so high that it makes every driver hate Uber pretty much. Well, and it's like, higher than it was six or seven years ago, of course. It's higher than a year ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. By how much? Uh, solid 9% overall. 16 to 27 percent they have gone up i'm always taken aback by how okay. little most drivers especially new drivers are informed about how the business model of uber and lyft work and they don't understand that it, it was subsidized by capital investment and so it's as a result it was supposed to go in the direction that it is you know education i think in that respect would go a long way yeah, they don't. I mean, no, that's okay. But Sean, uh, it's about thumbs up or down for taking 50% of your money or the fares, not your money. So, I mean, a, a couple things. Um, there was an article written back in, uh, it was either published in like 2019, 2020, I think it was 2020, uh, by mm -hmm. Mission Local, where now, now, granted, their sample size wasn't as big as yours. It was 10 rides on both platforms. Oh, uh, it was California. It's not good. They com yeah, okay. they compared the passenger what what was on the passenger app to the driver app, and they were on out of all twenty rides, on average they were lying about like twenty to like thirty percent. They were taking okay. more than what they were claiming. It was actually so that's conspiracy. It, it, it actually it's not conspiracy because it was actually something that embarrassed Uber enough that they actually gave us an email. Last year, when this when the when the the article came out, I don't know if you got that email. Mm -mm. Okay, nope. so I got an email. It was actually about a year ago, like or, or like it was in July last year. They issued an email to drivers saying how they were going to start showing the real numbers. Um, they're hiding that now. And, by the way, they're, they're, they're not, not going to show you anything now. 
so well, everybody knows, right? Well, Chris, we knew I'm, I'm just, Chris actually again, I'm just, did a video I'm just reporting. That. I'm just reporting mm. what I've read, what I've seen. I mean, uh, Uber actually reached out to the uh, the journalist that did the article. Uh-huh. They actually they actually admitted to it, and they they said it was because of uh, Prop Twenty Two. They said they were oh. hiding they were hiding fees because of Prop Twenty Two. Now, take that all for a grain of salt. Does that mean that anyone outside of California was always getting the true numbers? I don't know. This is why, like, when you posted your spreadsheet, I was very skeptical because you're going by your numbers that you see on your <laughs> yep. side of the app. Yeah. I mean, it, it just goes back to what we were talking about earlier where I was talking about incentives and how I was told by representatives how they do it, and you got to take that from a grain of salt. So it, 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 it's, yeah. you know, it, it's, all, it's all across the board. You don't – the only true way to know what their take is is just by comparing your phone to the passenger's phone, and that's it. So um, – and then the other thing, too, is um, if there's any kind of surge – Obviously, you're going to get a higher percentage of the take because that's a flat amount. You're going to exponentially go up uh, in your percentage-wise. Also, the shorter the ride, it's going to the, the the base minimum is going to take is going to play more into it as well. So, if you're doing those short five-minute trips, uh-huh. the base rate's going to be four twenty-two, three ninety-two, something like that. You're just going to get a yeah, chunk of those. Of it, right. Obviously, you're going to get a bigger percentage of that like that's going to be a bigger percentage of the overall fare because okay. they are limited okay so 50 percent. Right, yeah go ahead uh, just a quick question why is it that you i can be standing in a room with two or three other lift drivers in a surge area and my surge mm-hmm. reads way different than the other two phones in the room even though we're standing less than two or three feet apart <laughs> Uh, that's a that's a it's not a conspiracy. That's a known fact. Like I've I've tested that with other Uber drivers. My map looks completely different than another Uber drivers, and I'm like, you know, unless you can prove it, right? Uh, maybe I'm thinking think everybody honestly. honestly yeah, I think I think honestly, this is my opinion only. I think every one of us has a file, a snippet of a file in a server somewhere that. This guy gets this, this guy gets this, this guy gets this. No joke, because the algorithms they have is so fast and they're so good at it that I know they treat me differently than they treat Jeff or Levi or you or Tony or Sean. Isn't that, to me, reason, like, to, isn't that the reason to be a diamond driver then? If they're going to treat us differently, like they're diamond uh, drivers. Not, not in a good way. Look, it, not in a good way. I mean, because to me, to me, look, I, I've always been a cherry picker. Uh, to me, it's like in to me always been quality over quantity because my city is different. My city is like if I can get catch a one three x ride for fifty bucks in one hour, why would I put wear and tear on my car do four rides for fifty bucks in one hour? That's the difference between Syracuse and LA, right? But I have a chance of cherry picking and doing that. This is not public service. I'm not. I'm in it for me, by the way. So I know this may go against you or uh, Jeff. I'm in it for I, me. I'm not you. in it for Uber. I'm not in it for Lyft. I'm not in it for the passenger. I'm in it for me. And Jeff, I, Tony, what do you say to that? Are you in it for you, buddy, and your five kids, or are you in it for like the passenger? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat as Sean with the uh, LLC stuff, trying to yep. cherry pick the best Lux passengers to myself, cut yep. the middleman out. But yep. um, I disagree oh, with how much money they take. 
and how they hide how much money they take. Okay. Um, but at the same time, I still make good money. So yep. I stay on the platform. As soon as I'm not yep. making enough, I'll do something else. Yep. How about Jeff? You were saying something? Yeah, I was, but I don't remember what it was. <laughs> no. Well, okay, no, I was saying that the diamond situation that we all have oh, different yes, files. Yes. Yeah. I, I, uh, I have no way of proving it. But I think yep. as a platinum driver with 100% approval, 0% cancellation, and a 5.0 rating, I think I get better rides. Okay. I don't know for sure. I think I get better rides. That's not why I do what I do, but no, no, I, know. I think it happens. I had better rides when they didn't take away Uber Select. <laughs> but on Lyft, I get the bomb rides because I don't do regular Lyft. I just do Deluxe. Okay, we got a short time. Um, let's do... Everybody has one. Chris, take take number eight because I got to run out of the room one second. Um, okay. We're, yeah. Real quick, everybody, yeah. if you want to share your craziest Uber Lyft story. Real quick. <laughs> Oh, okay. uh, I was I had just started driving for Uber and Lyft and I was in a small town called Oregon City and um, I it was about 1130 at night and a gentleman was living in a giant apartment complex across the street from a plaid pantry, which in it's similar to a 7-Eleven. Anyway, he goes, it's a little hard to find my apartment. So meet me at the plaid pantry. Fine. So I go and park in the plaid pantry parking lot. Um, a, a black sedan pulls up. And there's a gentleman in the back, two ladies in the front, and the gentleman gets out, looks directly at me. And so I thought, oh, this might be my guy. So I look back at him. He opens up the trunk of the sedan, begins to unload a bunch of stuff out of the back of the sedan. And so now I'm kind of looking a little bit closer to see if I have enough room in my car for his belongings. This guy takes it somehow as a personal affront, comes up to the side of my driver's side and starts challenging me. What, what, what? What are you looking at? What are you looking at? And I was like, are you so-and-so? And I'm asking him if he's my Uber passenger. And he goes, does this look like so-and-so? And he pointed a camouflage um, uh, crossbow at me. And huh? the, yeah, that was super fun. But the funniest part about this story was even though I have a crossbow pointed straight at me, not six inches away, my very first thought in that situation was, Am I covered for this? Like I was thinking about my insurance policy. <laughs> oh, that's, that's the craziest I got. Oh wow. So yeah, my story is pretty quick, but you know, you know, it's always bad when somebody's getting in your car late at night and their friends are like, "Are, are you going to be okay?" Because you know they're not. If they're, if they're already asking, they're already, they're already too sick. And I go about two blocks, and the young girl, you know, she says, "I'm, I'm going to throw up." So we pull over, open the door, she throws up on the street, we start going again. And uh, she, I can hear her rolling the windows down, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" She, I'm going to throw up, and she leans her head out the car and throws up down the side of my car. And I think we've all had that experience. The difference is, and, and Chris, you've probably experienced this. It was negative ten. Um, oh was, my god! It was a blizzard, and I was only about four rides away from hitting my uh, quest. And when vomit hits the side of your car, going, it freezes instantaneously. And about one o'clock in the morning, nothing's open. There's no way to wash your car off. You can't wipe it off. It's like rock solid chunks all the way down the side of my car. Blizzard. Oh, yeah, there you go. Oh, that, that, the middle of winter is rough. Um, if you got a twenty-four oh, wow. hour, the. the here, I'll give you a tip, though. One of the things, if you go to a gas station, doesn't matter if it's open or closed, you get some of that windshield wiper fluid stuff that they yeah. have out there. You wipe that right down, and you're good to go. 
That's good. I should have known that. I should have known you earlier, Chris. <laughs> wow. But yeah, that, uh, Dolphus, that Dolphus, you got to have a... What is your crazy story, Dolphus? Uh, when I first started driving, I had this guy that called me up. And uh, he's like, hey, Dolphus, you mind making a long run? I'm like, sir, I'll take you to the moon if you got the money. He's like, okay. <laughs> so when uh, I picked him up, I looked at the GPS. It said three hours and 20 minutes. I was like, where is this guy going? He's like going from San Diego to Santa Monica. And so I'm like, I don't know what it is, sir, but we going. So I took him up there and dropped him off. And at the end of that ride, that ride ended up being $430 in three hours and 20 minutes. And that's back in the old days with the Uber Select. And so that was my first $500 day. And so I'm like, oh, man, I love this business. I'm like convinced I'm not doing anything else. And so that's probably my craziest story. Did you? How'd you get back though? <laughs> hey, I, I turned the phone off and went back home and went to bed. <laughs> oh, that, okay, all right. How about you, Jeff? Well, I don't get many crazy stories because I drive during the day, but this is one of the most unbelievable stories, and it's and it's uh, my fourth favorite ride out of eight eighty five hundred. So I okay. had a ride for a guy ordered a ride for his mom he was plowing snow in boston she was in the charleston area in front of a pharmacy i got out of the car i didn't know who she was i have him on the phone on the speaker phone she hears his voice and recognizes my son and that's how i found her she gets in the car she's sitting next to me and she put on an academy award performance for 20 minutes she did a monologue i hardly said a word and that is very unusual. It's almost impossible in my car. And for 20 minutes, she entertained me. This was a woman about 54 years old. If you saw her, you never would have expected she would be funny. She was, uh, I call it the uh, devoted mom and lonely widow. She told me her life story. Her son, I'll give her her greatest hits. Her son is so handsome. He can have any woman he wants. When he was in high school, he dated two women. One of them jumped out of the second story window for me to uh, to avoid me seeing him. Her, uh, I don't like the I don't like the girl that he's seeing now. She's not good enough for him. She came to Thanksgiving, didn't bring anything, and didn't say thank you. She went. Uh, then she says of her son, "My son, he was born on the fourth of July." He came in with a bang and out with a bang. She oh, wow. had, she, I, I'm telling you, I sat there, I'm driving, I'm listening to her. She was unbelievable. And then she hit me halfway through the ride by telling me, you know, her husband died, her oldest daughter died. I know the whole story. This was over three years ago. You're she definitely not getting me, paid enough. <laughs> listen, she tells me. You're not getting paid wrong. enough. She, she tells me that. She has to find someone down here or she has to go back to Massachusetts before <clears throat> before she loses her. Well, the word she said, yeah. I couldn't believe she said it. Now, I couldn't uh... believe she said it. <laughs> then she said it a second time. And, and and to make sure that I understood what she was saying, she went through the whole thing again and said, before I lose my Oh Lord! <laughs> oh my! Yeah, you're missing it. <laughs> yeah, we can. 
We can read that. I looked up the slang. I looked it up just the other day because I haven't felt comfortable actually Cheers. saying that part to anyone. <laughs> but good. in slang, it means voluptuousness and strong sexual appeal. If that's what she had, I did not know <laughs> that. When I told my wife, she said, you know what? She was flirting with you. Yeah. I have absolutely no idea. I hadn't flirted with anyone in 35 years. So if that's flirting, it's news to <laughs> No, it was, yeah. But, you know, hey, no happy ending for you, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Sean? Well, um, I mean, for the most shocking, more, most scariest moment, I would have to say it was driving three gay the nicest three gay dudes I've ever met through Philadelphia during um, the George Floyd riots of Philly. But uh, we kind of had a, I mean, that's a story for a different day. Um, we we kind of have a handshake agreement on this other issue uh, that we, t we talked on the phone earlier about. So about two weeks ago, I had a scheduled ride with Lyft. I showed up to uh, the passenger's house. It was a little old lady who was expecting medical transportation to pick her up and take her to her uh, hospital appointment. She was going under the knife. They, instead of giving her a hospital, like she, like she came out frail as can be. She was, she wanted, she was like, where's the wheelchair? Where's the wheel accessible van? Um, of course, it's just me and my, my Kia. Uh, and there you are. Uh, you're, you're put in this position. Um, she was so frail. She couldn't walk from her porch to my car. So I, uh, out of <laughs> the kindness of my heart and a great personal risk, I actually physically picked this woman up, carried her to my car, put her in my car, drove her to the hospital. At this point, the hospital people were not expecting her whatsoever. So then I had to go into the hospital, get a wheelchair for her, unload her, wheel her up to the front desk to check her in, and... At that point, I was pretty uh, PO'd. Um, I explained, you know, I'm just a Lyft driver. I, like, like this is this is pathetic that you guys do this. Like, who, like, who's in charge of billing to to, to do this exploitation? Um, their response was to ask me to wheel her to another desk to check her in, as if like that's my job. <laughs> so I did that. Again, I mean, I felt I felt so bad for this this lady. Um. I moved the furniture, got a, put the wheelchair there for that. Then I went back to the front desk. And of course, uh, um, for everyone who knows me for that, I mean, I'm a pretty chill guy. It takes a lot for me to blow my fuse. Uh, let's just say there was a lot of F-bombs. There was a lot of cursing. Uh, eventually, I was physically escort escorted out of the hospital. By security. Um, yeah, no, no good deed goes unpunished. There you go. But the other right. thing is, and, you know, we didn't talk about this at all. Actually, Lyft is very famous, and Uber is doing this. You know, medical medical transport these days. I mean, shit, man, don't put me in front of a hospital with a passenger who could die in my car. I mean, I, right. I'm not equipped to. I'm not equipped to handle this stuff. You know what I mean? Just because, as a corporate, you know, head said at a hospital. 
oh, you know, we're going to use Uber for medical transport now. I'm like, I don't know what kind of shit this person is. is it? I don't know if I'm going to get some disease. I'm like, I'm not equipped <laughs> to do any of this for 10 bucks. So I'm like, hey, man, and call not, an ambulance not just or that, something. Not just that, Sergio. These people aren't doing this kind of stuff out of the goodness of their heart. This is a, this no. is something that they they are sitting there scheduling this these rides for their patients, and for most part, most hospitals do this. Uh, a lot of car dealerships from my area do this, and, and it's fine. This is just a super like really bad situation with this one hospital chain in my area, and you know that these people are then taking whatever they paid Lyft and tying it to the patient's medical insurance. They're, they're, they're mm -hmm. charging them, and who knows what they're charging them. Yep. You know, so yep. it, it, it goes exploitation of my time, the patient safety, the fact that now they're sitting there and who knows what scummy stuff they're doing with uh, <clears throat> medical insurance. It, 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 it's, it's something that and then I, I sat there and ended my day. I called Lyft support and in typical fashion. They sat there and they just threw their hands up and they were just like. We can't, we have no control. We're sorry, bop, 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 and that was the end of it. I was like, you know my, what? My, my advice to you, even if they're passed out drunk, do not touch your passenger at any cost. Oh, yeah. I know you felt I know you felt bad for the lady to grab her and put her in your car or whatever. Bro, you have so much liability, it's not even funny. Don't, no, don't I, no, I understand touch, that. Don't ever do it. No, I, uh, I understand that. Tony, Tony, and, how about you? You, you? You're a tough guy. I know. You got to, <laughs> you, you, you had the golf thing, golf club thing, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's, one, that's one of the craziest, uh, weird, like threatening stories. So uh, I already talked about that. But the um, similar to, um, I've got, I had a Uber Select. I was like doing one more trip as 2 a.m. And there was a snowstorm here in Denver. So like everybody's stranded at the airport, no taxis. They can't even get out with that. So I was making good money that night. And um, I was like, all right, I'll do one more. And of course it's from the airport to, to Aspen, Colorado, which is like oh. four and a half hours, Oh my! but God. it was on Uber select. And so I was like, I talked to the people that came in from New York. They'd been on the airplane for like almost 20 hours. They're like, yeah, if you could oh just get us there, that'd be great. They're, they bought me an energy drink and everything. So I drove them out there. 440 bucks is what I made on that in four and a half hours. And um, then I went to the park and ride and took a nap and drove home. <laughs> yeah. Did you have enough juice in your Tesla? Was it in your Tesla? Oh, this was before the pandemic. So, yeah, I had oh, okay. my, BM, my 3 Series BMW. Okay. All right. Well, you know, you guys, I thank you so much. Um, I don't know if we solved all the world's problems or Ubers and Lyfts, but, you know, <laughs> uh, I think I think there's a lot that could be done. And, you know, the more of these we do, consensus comes out. I mean, it really does. Like, we all don't like Uber support, most of us anyway. We all think there is problems with safety. We all think there is problems with passenger onboarding. I mean, these things are important issues. And, and you know, when it comes to the IC issue, we could debate it for the next three years. I don't think it's going to be solved that fast. But um, I, I really thank you for coming on. And then um, we'll have to do these every few months with amazing drivers like you. Again, Dara, are you watching this, Dara? I know you're watching this. Or you're, <laughs> you're in, you're in, your intern is watching this because I know I'm going to get an email tomorrow.
you, you're lucky to have these people on your platform. So, you know, maybe you should send them a hat or some shit from Uber hat or. Yeah. How about how about give me a better increase for being here for five and a half years? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's no loyalty on your end though, and there's no loyalty on their end, bro. Right. Because to me, whoever shows me the money, I'm gonna go there. I, I am not doing this for public service. I just want to say to Uber that yeah. uh, I'm purchasable, much like Alan Rose, Alex Rosenblatt, uh, that. Uh, authored uberland so if, if you want to absorb me to quiet me down hit me up at my um uh, yeah the, they offered me a job i refused so no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> hey, enough, there, thank you so much for doing this thank, thank you levi thank, thank okay you. everybody everybody please please lead at least that one story what's the name of that story levi the quest that you're trying to finish before you go to Phoenix oh yeah if you go to if you go to tip you in the app.com there's a there's a couple of stories out there but there's one where i tried to hit my quest my quest in in uh, 24 hours it's kind of fun i did oh, a live stream blog and everything it was, it's not as good as driven dad's uh, videos though i went and checked them all out they're really good oh, no, you, that. that 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 story was like i couldn't finish oh, did he finish did he not finish did he finish the oh, only God, uber drivers that. care about that stuff but yeah it was great hey man we're we're integral part of this this whole thing i mean without uber drivers is there uber we all agree on that one who agrees is, right. without drivers is there uber yeah they tried and they failed <laughs> yeah there is none there is none so you know thank you anyway um we are, we are the goose that provides the golden egg uh yeah we without us there is no uber at the moment until exactly. uber, fly, flying uber show up Adolphus, um, keep doing what you're doing, man. You you have created a side gig of a side gig. I don't know how the, what the heck is going on there, but I think you're awesome, Jeff. Um, you thank know, you, sir. I, I honestly, I think thank your wife that he could she could get you on the on the live stream. You know what I'm saying? Barely. So yeah, don't forget the tip. You know, you know. All right. And next time, okay. the next time a lady gets in your car and tells you about juiciness, I think <laughs> I, 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 I I definitely think she's hitting on you, bro. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm like, if some lady gets in car in my car and talks about juiciness for 20 minutes, I'd be like, um, my place or your place? <laughs> Tony, I love your stuff. I'm a subscriber already. Thank your wife for me for taking care of the five kids in these two hours. <laughs> yeah. Look, well, we're, we're all about to go keep, vlog tonight, too. So yeah, we're all going to keep in touch. And um, let's do this again. And Chris, bro, let me tell you. I, I, I'm taking the next two weeks off. <laughs> you do it on your own. Oh my god. That's all right. <laughs> all right. Anyway, thank you guys. So Chris, all go right. ahead, wrap yep. it up, bro. Yep. So th thank you for coming on. Thank you for participating, everybody who joined in, everybody who's watching. Thank you. Um, yeah, we'll be uh back next week uh on Tuesday. This week was a little bit different because of Sergio, but that's all right. Uh for somebody who asked if uh COVID was gone, yes, everything has been a-okay now. Uh so happy about that. And with that being said, have a great rest of your day, everybody. Enjoy, and we'll see you next time. Keep Thank in touch, you. everybody. Let's keep in touch, okay? Bye, see you. Thank you.